When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. hours 15 minutes eight hours and 15 minutes that's tone's first countdown uh that he is getting what's up everybody i'm i'm like see-through here i don't know look, look, check it out man i should get a shirt that looks like this all right uh, whoa, hey. whoa i don't know i have a green shirt i thought green would be okay all right welcome in everybody sports take jacob sports that is my guy tone to shield gunner is uh in route to uh, Atlantic City, to Ocean for the pre- and post-game festivities uh, for the Eagles game. I'm going to have to change your shirt during the break. Here's what I'll do. Look at look at the Eagle blue. It looks like a – it's weird, isn't it? Oof. That's strange. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to adapt and overcome, but anyway, I'll do Wearing that. green on a green screen, not – Not <laughs> smart, no. Not All the right, move. So we, will cha- we will make an adjustment. We'll make a pit stop during the break, Tone. That's what I'll do. Sounds good. Uh, Sounds good. Uh, good to be hanging. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tyrone? What is up, Chris D? Chris D got her furniture, by the way, from Hawaii in Portugal. Good for you, Chris D. Okay. Tone, you can attest to this. It's, it doesn't feel like you're totally home, man, until you get your get your furniture, right? No, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where – you start off sitting in your living room with like lawn, with like lawn furniture, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like a patio set. You got a right. folding, got a folding chair. Yeah. Oh, in our in our case, we had like a we had like this big beanbag chair. So me and my wife, yeah, were yeah. Literally those are actually pretty comfortable though. I exactly say. right. Yeah. Me and my wife were literally splitting a beanbag chair eating dinner one night. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to Chris D with that furniture, man. That's once good. You, once, you, once you once you get the furniture in the house, it, it too becomes you feel a much home. better. Yeah, you're comfortable. You know, you absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what is up, Father Sean? What's up, Mood Swing Bella William? Uh, Sherry, what's up, Sherry? Great game day, Sherry. Damn right. 
Four or five exclamation points. I agree with that. Mr. Taz Gorby checking in from Ireland. William, if I missed anybody, uh, Blatorian Rome Fitness Rebel. There she is. What's up, Sean? Hope everybody's doing well out there. Yeah, if uh, you know the weird, it's the weird tone. The Thursday game, I know how hard it is on the players. So I'm, I'm speaking from a fan standpoint. Not, I know right. players are like, they dread it. Okay, so this is just from a fan standpoint. It, it cranks your week into like overdrive, right? Because normally on Thursday is the day you really turn the page and start looking ahead to the next opponent. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's really back. You're looking back. So we we had we really didn't have that luxury, man. Like we almost been in Viking mode since what? Even Monday, I would say Monday or Tuesday. So now by the time you get to Thursday, you're frothing at the mouth for this game. Like I don't know right. about you, I'm just sitting there like, dude. Get me to eight o'clock, man. Just get me to eight. Let's get this thing cranked. No, no, you're right. I mean, first of all, I've been excited about football season, you know, from the beginning, right? So I've been just been craving yeah. football. So from the fan perspective, you're absolutely right. You get two football games in the span of what four days, five days. That in and of itself is exciting. Also, on top of that, I know the players from a fatigue standpoint, that quick of a turnaround is not really good for them. They don't prefer that. Most NFL players hate Thursday night games. Yeah. Um, I, haven't, I haven't heard uh, any player talk about Thursday night as if it was a good thing. Yeah. But when I think about it from this perspective, I think maybe it may not be good for them physically as far as the quick turnaround because, yes, they are without some key guys on defense. But from an offensive productivity standpoint, I think maybe the quick turnaround could be good for the offense, you know, getting those guys back on the field. Uh, as quick as possible uh, so they can kind of, you know, hash out that rush. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Because I, I think, think it's a re- I like that. That's a really good point, Tone. I mean, yeah. normally it applies it to a loss, right? You're right. like, uh, turn the page, forget it. Let's move. Let's do our thing. But I think considering the way the Eagles view that game, yeah, they're all happy they got to win, but they all know that there's a lot more that they can do than that. I, I do think there's a great opportunity for them just to say, all right, that wasn't us, you know, and, and, and here's the other thing we need to do. We do. I, I know we don't like to do it. Give a little bit of credit to the guy who was game planning you in Belichick, who threw a lot of monkey wrenches at you anyway. Okay. So let me just get that out of the way, but I think they view it as an opportunity to show everybody. That's not who we are. And we're going to be back. You know, and I think at least from an offensive standpoint tonight, mm-hmm. Tone, you're going to see a way different team. I think we're going to see more more RPOs, more Jalen looking like he did last year, Dallas Goddard involved, Swift involved. Uh, you'll continue to see A.J. and Devontae doing their thing. I think the offensive line is going to be better than they were last week because they that's not up to their standards at all the way that they played. So I really believe offensively way different. The only question I have going into this game is with the all the issues you have defensively with no N'Kobe Dean, no, no Blankenship, no Bradbury, like – are you going to be able to contain this offense that didn't do a whole lot against you last year or last week? Like they have to be in the same mode. The Eagles are in, right? They lost at home last week, the Vikings. Yeah. The Vikings are definitely looking to bounce back from that terrible loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they have a lot of talent at the, at the skill position, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, the rookie Jordan Addison, who's already making splashes for them as well. Um, On top of that, you have Kirk Cousins, a guy who's not afraid to air it out whatsoever. But I think, where the rubber meets the road is the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line versus that Minnesota Vikings offensive line. Yep. The Vikings are dealing with a lot of injuries on the offense. Yep. They, um, you know, I talked to I talked to John McMullen about this all the time. You know, you know, by his estimation, they had one of the worst interior offensive line groups at all. Uh, you know, when it comes to the league, 
Um, and then you think about what the Eagles bring to the table, and you know, in the interior defensive line, that defensive tackle position is just as is just as stout as we've ever seen it, right? We we got young guys like Jalen Carter and, and Jordan Davis coming together, and then you got the trusty veteran and Fletcher Cox, and you got the young veteran and Milton Williams coming and doing his they thing. They played I mean, very well last week. They played very well last week. So I think this is a game where even though they are missing some key guys like in the Kobe Dean and Reed Blankenship and James Bradbury, I think it's going to be more important than ever for this interior defensive line to wreak havoc on Kirk Cousins because, in my opinion, he's not as mobile as uh, a Mac Jones. And, you know, that's – you know, that's giving credit to Matt Jones. He really dodged a lot of traffic, you know, yeah. in week one, you know, just giving him credit. He has good pocket mobility, Matt he has Jones. Good, he has good mobility. Uh, Kirk Cousins, especially on Thursday night in primetime, a guy like that with that kind of pressure, we've seen what it looks like before. So I expect the Philadelphia Eagles to still get this win um, despite uh, the deficiencies that they have on defense. Like I said, this is an opportunity for the offense to get back on track. And I think this is going to be uh, – rather high scoring game you know if i must say something i do too i like the over uh and the, the lines come down to six and a half it was seven and a half early in the week then it moved to seven now it's six and i i think that's more reflective of what this line should have been i don't think it should have been over seven i i, I but but nonetheless here's where we are with the injury stone so uh nicobe dean we know is out he's on the ir we know no bradbury with the concussion we know no gainwell with the ribs no blankenship with the ribs Fletcher Cox is questionable, but all reports point to him playing, barring any kind of setback between now and game time. For the Vikings, uh, Garrett Bradbury, who was their starting center, is out with a bad back. Christian Darasaw, who was their left tackle, is questionable with the ankle. And Marcus Davenport, their edge, is questionable with an ankle as well. So, you know, advantage Vikings in terms of injuries in total. But this, like you said, this isn't a great offensive line anyway. So if you're without your center, who knows if, if your left tackle plays at what level he's going to play at and your guard Ingram is not a good guard, the Eagles interior and edge guys need to have, this needs to be a three, four sack game tonight. In my opinion, if you want to, you want to really contain this offense of Minnesota, you got to get home because I think I don't see them shutting down Justin Jefferson, two straight games, especially with a compromised defensive backfield. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, Darius Slay can't be everywhere at once, especially uh, you got Josh Job coming in for Bradbury. It's going to be tough. Yep. And this is going to be one of those games where Sean Desai really has to earn his paycheck. He has to find a way to make Kirk Cousins uh, see one thing and feel another thing. You know what I mean? I think I, I think that's what's, that's what it's going to come down to. You know, I got to be honest. I expected a lot more from the Eagles edge rushers in week one, especially knowing that the Patriots were dealing with their own injuries in the offensive line as well. So there's still there's still relatively no guarantee that they're going to be able to take advantage of it because that Patriots offensive line is not something to write home about. Yet only two sacks on the day, you expected more from that. But again, that comes from the quarterback getting the ball out quick and Bill O'Brien having his quarterback well prepared, understanding that the Eagles have that pass rush. So all the teams in the league know the Eagles have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. And saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if the Minnesota Vikings prepared Kirk Cousins to get that ball out as quickly as possible. Oh, I think so, too. Let me throw one more thing in there. I wonder if Hassan Reddick playing with the cast last week was a feeling out process for him. Mm. He had a couple pressures, don't get me wrong. But I wonder yeah. if – That's the thing. They were getting pressure. It wasn't like they weren't – because it, it was, there were moments where I thought, oh, just give them one more second and they got that ball out. Right. But, you know. But 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 I, I look at it this way. Like, I think that he – I think that would that game was good for him too. To all right, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. This is how I can manage this. Like I think we're going to see a more effective Hassan Reddick tonight too. 
after after getting that first one under your belt with the cast. I mean, let's face it. He's, he's an edge rusher. He uses his hands, man. It, it, that's not an easy thing if you can't grip on your, you know, with your one hand. So I, I think that's another, that's guy, if I'm looking at people to keep my eye on here in this game, Hassan Reddick's one of them. Uh, Andre, I think DeAndre Swift's going to have a big game. I think they're going to make it a point to get him touches in space. And I think we're, he's going to be, we're going to be saying tomorrow, Tony, how did that guy get two touches in game one? I'm glad you said that because I have a question for you really quickly. I mean, what were your overall thoughts when it came to their game plan? And what I mean is they were, in my opinion, force feeding Kenny Gainwell in the first yeah. part of that game. I just seemed like they made a first series, effort. especially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, especially the first series. And and it wasn't like they weren't moving the ball. Let me give them credit. Yeah. Where credit they had a they good were moving, drive. They just, were moving the ball. Yeah. They got but three, it yeah. just seemed like they forgot about everybody else. Like right. that game just spoke volumes about, you know, Brian Johnson still has to understand what he has at his disposal. I mean, there's no way you allow Dallas Goddard to go that long without, you know, a target. And then on top of that, DeAndre Swift, only two or three touches, if that. I mean, you traded for him for a reason. Yeah. I, with all due respect to Kenny Gainwell, I want to see what DeAndre Swift can do in his offense, not Kenny Gainwell. That's just my humble opinion. Though. I agree with you. I, I, I like Kenny Gainwell, and I like him as like yeah, – I, I like him, but – No, no, right. I, I'm, but I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think he's a feature back. Um, I know it's going to be a little bit different this year because the, these guys have had injuries. You know, Swift and, uh, and Penny have had injuries. I get uh-huh. it. But for me, I would rather go into this thing seeing if Swift can be my lead guy then figure it out from there. You know what I mean? Like mm. if, if it's – I and believe me, you, you have short yardage and you don't want to necessarily use Jalen in that, go go Penny, man. Let him pound that thing. But I want to see Swift early. I want to try to establish him both on the ground, swing passes, God forbid a screen, which we never seem to, to, to utilize or, or see here from the Eagles. I would love that kind of stuff tonight. Just get him in space a little bit. Let this dude create. He is a home run hitter and utilize home run hitters. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I like Gainwell. I like having him on the roster. Mm-hmm. He's very valuable. But it was too much last week. And they, you know what's weird? I think they definitely look at him different than than most of us do, Tone. Like, I, I, everybody kept telling us in camp, like, hey, he's the feature. He gets more carries than anybody else does. And we all sort of were just like, whatever. You know, it, 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 ain't, it isn't going to happen. But ultimately, we saw week one what it was. Not that anybody got a ton of carries, by the way. Nobody yeah, really did. I mean, I understand – why they could like Kenny Gainwell. I mean, based off what we've seen in the, in, in the limited action he's he's had, even in the Miles Sanders era in Philadelphia, I mean, guy knows how to maneuver in traffic. He understands blocking. He can catch the ball. You know, he he's just not he's just not as explosive as you would like him to be. And I think that's where Swift comes in. And again, you guys, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm reading through the chat here. Yeah, I, I want you guys to understand that Bill Belichick is someone that's hard. You know, to game plan against. Yeah. So. I understand that. I'm pretty sure RE understands that. You know, yeah. like it's it's not it's 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 not a whether of we question whether or not Bill Belichick is that guy. It's just that we expected to see a little bit more. But granted, again, it's week one. Yeah. And I said this prior to that week one game. This is going to be a tough game. So yeah. if I'm being if I'm being honest with myself, the game actually, the score actually reflected what I thought it would look like. Same. I think I I think I called a. I don't know, a 27-24 game or 27-21. I, can't I said grab the four and a half points, and yeah. I think the Eagles will win by a field goal. Like, that's kind of – like, I thought it was going to be ugly, pretty low scoring. Mm-hmm. 
it, it played and the Eagles covered to the credit. It was 25, 20, but I thought it was going to be a very close. I'm not surprised, man. I'm not I, mm. like, I think this game tonight, it could be close too. I think the offense is going to look a lot better, but I question if the defense is going to be able to shut down the Vikings offense. That's what I question in this one. It's funny you say that because in week one, I expect the Eagles to struggle against the run and handle the pass a little bit better, but instead it was the opposite. They shut down the run, yeah, and they struggled with the pass, especially with linebackers guarding tight ends, right? And that's going to be interesting to watch in this upcoming matchup with TJ TJ Hawkinson coming off that big contract. He had a really big year last year. He's one of the better tight ends. I, you can make an argument Hawkinson right now is top five, top six in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at the tight end position, it's going to be really fascinating to see how Sean decide games plan game plans uh, around not having the Kobe Dean, you know, being thin at that linebacker position. It's going to be interesting. Um, very, very interesting to see how it plays out. Well, I thought, you know, look, TJ Hawkinson is a handful if you're healthy, uh, you know, but when you're down N'Kobe Dean and you're down Reed Blankenship and and guys who may end up in matchups with him, the problem is Avante Maddox, you're giving up, uh, Hawkinson's like 6'5". I mean, you're giving up like seven, eight inches. So there's going to be challenges here. I just feel like, Tone, this could be one of these games where Jefferson gets his, Hawkinson gets his, don't let anybody else kill you. I mean, this Vikings team last week was very one-dimensional. I think they had 42 rushing yards. They were terrible. They were terrible running the ball. So that sh- when, when they let Dalvin Cook walk, man, they opened themselves up to this. This is where the Eagles need to make them totally one-dimensional, have Cousins drop back 40-some-odd times, and if that's the case, you're going to get to them at least three, four times. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm expecting Jim Carter to have another big game. I expect I'm expecting Jordan Davis to have another big game. You know, that was a you know, I expected Jordan Davis to be better this season, but man, oh. a for a forced fumble, like I like that that was exciting. And he, was he, had, a half, he had a half a sack. Yep. You know, you really saw that athleticism, you know, really take shape in that game. You saw his ability to get off blocks as well. He he didn't he didn't really allow himself to get consumed. Um, you know, in you know, in the blocking scheme. He kind of just he he got physical. Mm-hmm. And was able to release and got to the ball carrier. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. So this is one of those games where I think your defensive line has to eat. Your defensive line has to get home. If those DBs can hold up just a little, just long enough, just long enough for them to get home, Kirk Cousins is going to have a long day. I agree with you. I, that's where this game's won and lost. I mean, you know, last week I thought the Eagles didn't do a good enough job against the banged up offensive line for the Patriots. They were down three fifths of their offensive line. So th- this needs to be better. Um, you need to be effective here. Uh, against that if they, look this was what one of the great strengths of the eagles last year and i think it will be too this year you know we've talked about this i don't think they're going to get 70 sacks that happens like once in a lifetime kind of stuff but you can be mid 50s with this team when you have josh sweat and hassan reddick and brandon graham and and now what we're seeing from carter and davis and fletcher cox you know not to mention nolan smith who you barely noticed last week there's no reason you shouldn't be in the 50s in sacks, which means you you know you're you're racking up what three ish per game somewhere in that neighborhood that gets you. I don't know, yeah. 51. It you because know two times because 17. If you get two a game, 17, 17 times three is, is 30. 51. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't exactly. know we'd be doing math here. I need to get my toes and my fingers out. Right. 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 Yeah. That's yeah. 51. Yes. Yeah, it's about three ish a game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But I think that's fair. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. We were spoiled last season with all those sacks, right? 70-plus sacks, barely blitzing the quarterback. We were spoiled in that regard. You know, yeah. most teams can't get home with just four guys. So I think 
Eagles fans, even myself, we need to we need to curb our expectations when it comes to that sack count. You know, that number was so high. Mm. They haven't seen a number that high since the 85 Bears. So I think it's going to be more realistic to see this team, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. And, and, and they're going to be flirting in that 50, 50 to 55 sack range. Yeah, no, I, I think so. But it, but again, as it relates to this game, this is not a team that's going to pound you on the ground or at least shouldn't pound you on the ground mm-hmm. with, with no, no disrespect to Alexander Madison. But he's not Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So you should be able to take care of business here against this team you know, in that spot. All right. So we're going to have Dave's and Garrow coming up at 1230. So we'll get Dave. Dave had an interesting piece yesterday, Tone, on how much the Patriots blitz the Eagles and what kind of success they have. And I wonder if we're not going to see the same thing here because of Brian Flores long time uh, working under Belichick. So we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Phillies lose last night. Uh, they lose three of four to the Braves. Braves celebrate on the Phillies field, clinching their sixth straight NL East title. Phillies lose 4-1. Let me just gauge you where you're at, generally. <laughs> where are you in terms of concern here? Are, are you? Are, is it just the ebbs and the flows of a baseball season? Because they haven't been playing great baseball of late. They lost 3 of 4 to the Braves. They lost 5 of 7, 8 of 13 overall. I guess for me, when I think about the Phillies, they're always a team who kind of just, especially over the past few seasons, they've just had these really amazing highs, these really detrimental lows. And part of me wants to say, yeah, this is the ebbs and flows of a baseball season. You know, there's over 150 games. I mean, like, what, like, what, what do you expect? These guys are playing almost every other day. It's, it's hard to just judge them over, you know, one matchup or one series, right? But we, the, the problem with the Phillies is we have almost a full sample size, a full season of them just being really hot, really cold, really high, really low, especially with the pitching staff. I mean – you know, you're the guy, uh, Lorenzen. I mean, he, a, after that no hitter, he's kind of just fallen off of the face of the earth. And, yes. you know, Zach Wheeler hasn't had, you know, the greatest starts recently. And Nola, we know what's been going on with him. Suarez, he's been battling injury all year. Can't really manage to stay on, you know, on the mound. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just been hard to, it's, just, it's been hard to emotionally, you know, keep up with this team. But I think they're still talented. I still think they're one of the most talented teams, uh, you know, in the um, National League. It's just a matter of putting it all together on a consistent basis. And I don't know if maybe maybe all this travel is probably starting to add up. Maybe they're just ready for a playoff series where they know we're going to where they know where they're going to be. And, you know, I just think this team, if they get into the playoffs, they're going to be a hard out. It's just a matter of can the pitching sustain itself um, for at least five or six games of the playoffs, you know, if it goes that far. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the concern category. I'm concerned. I'm concerned because they haven't pitched well. I think the offense will be fine. I know the offense didn't show up last night, but I think the offense will be fine. Um, but there's just not enough support of Wheeler. I, I mean, there's, there's just too many other guys just not pulling their weight, both in the starting rotation and the bullpen. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in the, uh, in the concern category. Now, the good news is um, the upcoming schedule starting tomorrow night, they're off tonight. Uh, starting tomorrow night is St. Louis. You get St. Louis, the Mets twice, and the Pirates. Those teams combined are 40 games under 500. So you're, you're set up nicely. You also got a break because the Cubs lost the last two nights too, who were chasing you in the wild card. So I, I think those things are all going in your favor. They've also been a streaky team to an extent. So I, I, I don't see any reason why they can't get on a little bit of a roll here, especially uh, you know when you look at who they're playing here, Sands the Braves. And by that by the time they play the Braves, I don't know how if the Braves are going to be playing for anything. They're going to be playing for home field advantage, maybe throughout the the, the National League playoffs. So we'll see uh, what ends up happening there. But you know, certainly I uh, got the Eagles game tonight. 
We've got the Phillies off back at it tomorrow. Um, and then the weird thing is, Tone, the Philly, the Eagles don't play again until the following Monday at Tampa. Right. It's an 11-day right. break as opposed to a 10-break. So that's going to be great for their bodies. You, if you could just get through tonight. The only the one other thing just to mention it with a quick turnaround. You know, you, you're you're gonna be looking hard at Kelsey, at Lane Johnson, at BG, at Fletcher Cox in particular. Am I missing any real veteran guys besides that? I mean Oh, Slay and Bradbury. Well, I'm, not Bradbury. Slay's I'm, 30. I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching Slay. Okay, so those guys Slay. are all 30 somethings, okay, basically. So how are they gonna be able to you know, recharge this thing this quickly. That's a little bit of a concern, too. Yeah, you know, I think I think overall they're they're such they're such a well the Eagles are always prepared. Yeah. Right. They're such a well prepared team. They take care of their bodies, you know, the best of their ability. Uh, you have a lot of veteran leadership on that team. I don't think this team isn't going to be ready, you know, from a mental perspective at all. I think strictly can they physic physically can they hold up. But again, both teams are coming off of a short week. And the good thing about it for the Eagles is they're going to be playing at home. The Vikings have to travel. So that's going to be something that we have to watch. The bottom line is, look, as, as much as we want to, you know, dissect this game and make it as complex as we want to, because, you know, that's what we do in sports talk. The reality is it's Kirk Cousins in prime time. I mean, how can I be remotely concerned about a guy who – who can't leave his house at night. I mean, it's 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 it's, 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 it's honestly sad if, if you ask me. A guy who can't leave his house at night. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, man. How about late afternoon? Is he can that is he allowed to leave late like four o'clock? Can what's the limit? Where's the cutoff? Here's the thing. He's allowed to do whatever he wants, but when the sun starts to set, he gets skittish, man. He's like a werewolf. Like it's just <laughs> it's like I don't know what's going on. I was gonna I don't know what's going on, man. Like the same way how the sun affects vampires, the, the moonlight affects him that way. Like he All has right. to be he has to be put in the car. All right, something. Eagles fans, wear your wolf uh masks tonight. <laughs> yes. yes, I love it. I love it. We'll talk CJGJ a little later. We'll tell you what he's he wants Lions fans to do. So we'll we'll uh we'll get into that. Tone yes, Christy, tone bringing the jokes today. We like it. I'm just saying, man. It's, See, it's, 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 Gunner doesn't bring these kind of jokes. That's all I'm saying. What? On a, on a Gunner's, Gunner's way funnier than me. <laughs> Don't like Gunner hear that. All right. So uh, coming up, Dave Zingaro is going to join us from NBC Sports Philadelphia. At 1.30, we have the coach himself, Tone, Billy Crocker from Eastern University. Guess what? They got their first win. Mm-hmm. How about that? Huh? Took care of business last week. So we'll talk to him about his squad's big win uh in the uh in the game number two of the season so we're looking forward to that all right don't go anywhere he's tone to shields i am rob ellis we are sports take all right i want to tell you about bravo pizza of havertown yeah thrilled that they're a part of jacob a part of sports take i've been going there since i was a kid i'm in there each and every week alex and his crew are amazing and it's been family owned since 1985 they have 20 different styles of pizza they have slices to go i love the grandma which is upside down uh, but they have, you name it, they'll make it specialized pizza however you want it. And it's not just pizza. Uh, it's fresh pasta. It's sandwiches. It's wraps. It's wings. It's salads. Bravo's also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities. They had one for, for Team Foster uh, this past week, which was absolutely amazing for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. Follow them at the Bravo of, at the Bravo of, uh, for Facebook for Instagram, uh, daily specials and promotions, the menu as well. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, 
610-446-3810. Here's a little bit more from Bravo Pizza of Hattertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. on this Thursday game day. Yes. All right, Tone. Acceptable? Oh, yeah. Acceptable here? This let's works? See, let's see. Let's see. Let's double check. Let's look at some angles. All right. 
Okay, you, you right? look good, man. You look good. Okay, I like I like that red on you. I, I like went that. from my Eagles hoodie to my Phillies hoodie because I was blending in. D- Dave's and Gary's gonna be like, "What are these two talking about?" Yes, <laughs> but let's bring Dave up right now. He joins Absolutely. us. Absolutely, he covers the Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Dave, I was blending into the green screen because I had a a green shirt T-shirt underneath, and the Eagles, the old school Eagles logo with the Kelly green was blending in. I anyway. So now I'm in Phillies. You're like a floating head for a while. It was a floating head. What else? I've been called a lot worse, Dave. That's (laughs) that's for sure. Uh, Dave, we appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Check out Dave on X or Twitter at DZingaro NBCS. Dave, let's start. You wrote, I I loved your piece yesterday uh, where you wrote about how the the Patriots blitzed, I think it was 42% of the time. You gave the numbers uh, for Hertz against the blitz, seven for 13, 57 yards of TD. Did get sacked twice uh, against the blitz. I think we're all expecting Brian Flores to, to, to bring something similar to the table, considering his history with Belichick. And frankly, it, it worked pretty well. So how did the Eagles counter that in your estimation uh, going into tonight's game? Yeah, it's funny because you look at the Vikings game last year and they have a lot of the same personnel, but it's like polar opposite defensively. Um, just from a philosophical standpoint, that Donatel defense was – tough to watch at times. <laughs> uh, I, you, I can see the wheels spinning at Conway. You, you're going to, yeah, play. it was, it wasn't good. Um, yeah. This defense at least has some teeth. Uh, the Eagles weren't great against picking up the blitz last week. I, I don't think they necessarily have a running back. Who's any good at it. Um, and without Kenny Gainwell, now you're down to a lot of Deandre Swift in there. And uh, that's not his strong suit. So uh, you have to, the quarterback has to be aware that the, the quarterback has to read it. Uh, and they have to have some options to get the ball out quickly, which they do. I mean, they, they have uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. That's a good start. Dallas Goddard could be more involved, uh, better be more involved in this game plan. So I think there are options. They can get the ball out quickly. But you just have to know what you're getting into with this defense. You have to be aware of it. And, yeah, they're, they're going to send blitzes on a lot of these snaps tonight. Yeah, Dave, you bring up a good point, right? The, the play calling, the offense, it was – it was, it was a little questionable to me. Um, I really was curious why Dallas Goddard or why it took so long for Dallas Goddard to be involved. I was even even more curious about, you know, why Kenny Gainwell was involved so much. So um, what was your overall thought on the game plan in a nutshell from week one? And how do you anticipate it changing going into week two against the Vikings? Yeah, it was a little weird. It was a weird offensive game. It wasn't even just that Kenny Gainwell was getting lead running back carries. It was, he was like the offense for <laughs> – Uh, The first couple of drives, that was surprising to me. Uh, Give the Patriots some credit. You know, sometimes I roll my eyes when we talk about the other team because, like, the Eagles are good enough to dictate. But the Patriots did some good things against Dallas Goddard. They clearly wanted to erase him. They did that for the most part. There were some opportunities uh, in the middle of that game where Goddard was open and Hurst just missed him. Uh, Goddard's going to be featured in this offense tonight and going forward. He's a big part of it. Uh, They've – brought up the comparison to Javante last year. And I think that's one that makes sense. Um, they're going to try to get him involved. They're going to force feed him a little bit. Uh, now on the flip side of that, the Vikings probably know that too. So uh, they'll be working to, to take it away. But uh, I thought it was like kind of a disjointed offensive play calling day for Brian Johnson. I, uh, Nick Sirianni after the game said he thought Johnson was awesome. I mean, he was clearly not awesome, uh, but they did correct some things. And in the second half, they started working downfield a little bit to A.J. Brown, which is a nice fix when you have it. Um, it's not the only fix they have, but we've seen that before, even in last year. You know, when the offense hits a rough patch, 
one easy way to get out of it is to throw the ball AJ Brown and uh, burn a slant into him. And we saw them uh, almost hit that deep ball to him down the right sideline. So they have answers. You'd like to see them get to those answers a little quicker uh, if they start stalling like they did in the second quarter against the Patriots. So um, that's what I'll be looking for. Uh, there, there was a lot of unknowns going into that game yeah. against the Patriots because of, of how versatile they are and, and how multiple they are. But uh, you know, kind of know what you're going to get with this defense a little bit more. If I could quickly follow up, Rob, you know, I'm thinking about it from this perspective also. Like you said, Bill Belichick, he's not the easiest guy uh, to game plan against, especially when he has several months uh, to prepare for you. Um, and saying that, how much of week one offensively uh, do you attribute to rust rather than just, okay, we have some real concerns down, you know, you know, going forward? Yeah, it's always tough to like assign like what percentage of it was this and what was that? Uh, it's, I think because it, it's, it's a mixture of it. I thought they did look rusty. I thought Jalen Hurts in particular looked rusty. And I, I think that's why Nick Sirianni said he's going to reevaluate uh, his preseason agenda. Uh, I'm personally okay with being rusty early. I, I think the benefit of being a healthy team outweighs being a little rusty early in the season. But I certainly understand if you can try to find a better balance. Uh, it, it, yeah, I thought it, the real rust showed in, in Hurts to me. I, I just thought he didn't look like himself. His pocket presence wasn't where I think you want it to be. And I, it's kind of understandable. It's his first time being in live action since February. So, uh, I, I'm not worried about the offense. Like, I look back at that Patriots game, and the concerns I saw in defense to me are legitimate, you know, because the, the, they were the concerns we knew about. It was, linebacker and safety and and we knew the middle of that defense at least on paper wasn't very good and then on the field it wasn't very good either so that wasn't surprising I don't think they have an answer for that right now at least on offense I just think talent is going to win out like they're too talented to struggle like that every week on offense they have two of the best receivers in the league one of the best tight ends in the league a dynamic quarterback an offensive line that's going to play better than they did in week one uh, so I'm not really worried about the offense. The defense to me is a little more concerning. Uh, l- let's go there, Dave, because they had unusual depth on this team last year. You don't see that much in a salary cap era. They had it. They don't have it this year. These injuries are legit. I mean, you're without Bradbury. You're without N'Kobe Dean. And I know N'Kobe Dean's still the kind of an unknown factor, but still, I mean, what that does is that pushes somebody else up, likely Christian Ellis. Um, you're also talking about a team that's got a very good tight end in TJ Hawkinson. You got a, you know, a Justin Jefferson, who's got to be, you know, boiling over at the way he played the last time he played the Eagles, right? How do you, how do you see that? And and let me ask it while we're at it. Do you think Slay follows him all around the field or could Job get matched up with him? I mean, maybe there's a chance on a snap here or there that Job would match up. I, I think they're going to travel Slay. Okay. I think it'd be foolish not to. Um, but Slay traditionally under um, Gannon and even uh, Jim Schwartz for that year did not go into the slot. So that's one way if the Vikings want to hide Jefferson a little bit, they can try to do some of that, mm-hmm. put him inside, um, which he's taken plenty of reps inside in his career. But, yeah, I would expect Slay to travel back and forth from left to right, which means you're going to have Josh Job on Jordan Addison, who, yeah, he's a rookie, but he's a pretty good rookie. He is. Had a, a nice first game, was uh, the 23rd overall pick. So, like, that's not ideal. I like Job. I thought Job had a tremendous training camp, but he's never played. I mean, he this will be his first NFL start. So there's a pretty significant drop-off from James Bradbury to Job. Now, the one thing is Addison has some deep speed, and if there's one area of Bradbury's game where you go, I don't know 
<laughs> he's he's going to get tested. Whereas I think Job is as fast, maybe a little faster than Bradbury. Um, and linebacker, yet yeah, Nakobe looked a little shaky in coverage. I thought he really helped them in the run. So I, yeah. I actually think Christian Ellis can can be fine against the run. Zach Cunningham scares me after what I saw in Week One. Him and, and really him and Justin Evans in zone yeah. coverage were not where they needed to be. They they, they didn't look good. Uh, at least at safety, you have some other options. You know, if uh, it stinks this week because Reed Blankenship is out, but eventually, you know, if Justin Evans isn't good, you throw Edmonds in there, and then eventually you get the Sidney Brown, which is what we all want to see anyway. At linebacker, they don't have anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have three on the active roster right now. One of them is Nicholas Morrow, who they didn't think was good enough to make the team out of training camp. And, and they signed Rashawn Evans to the practice. Rashawn Evans, who, like, hasn't – played i mean right. he, hasn't, he wasn't in a camp he was a decent player at one point but like all these retreads there's a reason they're on the street uh so i just don't see the answers at linebacker uh they're gonna need nicobe to get healthy and only miss four games and then stay on the field the rest of the way because even if you don't know how good he can be he's still the best option he's still the best guy they have in that position you know, you've brought it up, the linebacker position, the safety position. We've talked about it all throughout the offseason. You know, we're talking about it still to this day. We knew it would be a problem coming into the season, right, Dave? But, you know, it seems like still Howard Roseman is not taking uh, the need for quality players at that position but so serious. I mean, when, we lo- when, when the Eagles decided not to bring back T.J. Edwards, that was a shocker to me, especially when you saw how much money he got from Chicago. Now, sure, maybe he wanted to go home. Maybe some other variables played along to it, but I believe it was. I, I believe it, it's an it's an indictment on Harry Roseman to not bring back a guy who's as tested as a T.J. Edwards, and then to kind of just throw Nicobe Dean into the fire like that. And then the safety position. I mean, you know, you draft the Sidney Brown. You know, Reed Blankenship has shown he can play, but you know, how much? You know, how 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 should we be? How should we look at Harry Roseman today? knowing what we know about this linebacker and safety room and how the injuries are already starting to affect uh, – are already, are already beginning to affect the weakest part of your roster. Yeah, look, I, I, I would say that these are the two weakest spots, but it's by design too. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Uh, you look at the defense and the Eagles prioritize certain positions right or wrong, and I think they're right. I mean, I, they, they put a ton of stock into their defensive line and into their cornerbacks, which are the two premium spots – in a defense. And if you have to be weak somewhere, like you would pick linebacker and safety. Now they took it to kind of extremes this year at, at linebacker. I think there was a definite disconnect though, between the coaching staff and the front office. When you look at Nicobe Dean, because he didn't play as a rookie. And I still don't understand why they couldn't find snaps for him. Uh, I know they're not going to run a ton of a three linebacker packages, but I thought there were some opportunities to get him on the field last year and they didn't do it. Uh, even when Kaiser White started to struggle a little bit midway through the season, uh, I still don't understand why we didn't see more Nakobe last year. He played 34 snaps. And then a year later, you're confident confident enough to throw him in there as a starting Mike linebacker. They're, like to me, that's a disconnect. I don't quite get it. Um, but like he is a third round pick. They use the third round pick on Sidney Brown. I think that's the level they're comfortable with putting resources into the position. They tried to re-sign CJ Gardner-Johnson and that situation kind of blew up a little bit. It didn't work out. Uh, I don't know if they're done. I mean, I, I I I feel better about safety than linebacker. I still think that's a spot where if we get close to the trade deadline, this team looks as good as we think it's going to look. And that's 
maybe the one piece missing. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't shock me if they if they traded away an asset to to pick up a player. Dave, let let's go back to the to the Goddard lack of catches. He had one target. Is that more? Would you put in the category of anomaly? Sometimes things get away during the game. Jalen didn't do a good enough job. Brian Johnson slash Nick did not do a good enough job. Where, where, where does it fall for a guy that talented getting one target? Yeah, I'd hate to do it again, but I, I really think it's a combination of factors. And part of it was Belichick. Part yeah. of it was that defense and what they did. Uh, there were opportunities for Hurts to hit him. There were some plays where he was wide open and, and Jalen just didn't see him. Maybe that was kind of because he was locked up for most of the game. Maybe Jalen stopped looking there a little bit. But, you know, you can you can make sure you get in the ball too. You know, they their play is designed for 88. Um, he's that kind of player. So some of it falls on, on the coaching staff too. That you can't leave a game with him not getting a catch. And that's why I think we'll see some manufactured touches for him, whether it's like a bubble screen or – um, some kind of quick pass just to, to get the ball in his hands. It's been a while since he caught a football in a real game. You want you want him to get that. That's kind of what we saw with Devontae last year, the first target of the game. So a quick ball to him, get him involved. Uh, and he had 15 catches in the next two weeks after going uh, goose egg in the opener last year. I don't know if Goddard will do that, but he's going to be a big part of this offense. You know, given the fact that it is only week one, right? You know, we're going to week two. We're so early in this, in this process with this new look Philadelphia Eagles roster. You know, how do you as a writer, right? How do you balance uh, your overreactions with your proper reactions? Again, we're, we're, you know, we're so early in this season, but there are some things that we have talked about in the offseason that are, that are rare and it's ugly head. And there are some things that maybe we thought would happen, but maybe it's not happening. How do you... How do how do you balance you know you know your emotional swings as a writer, Dave? With the, with yeah, the I mean, I, I don't know if I have emotions, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think it's like when you're you're looking at the things you thought would be a problem and they show up to be a problem, that's more concerning. Uh, so if we're talking about linebacker and safety, which we have, yeah, that's concerning because I don't see that getting much better. Maybe if one of these safeties that hasn't played a bunch, like Sidney Brown ends up getting on the field and, and being a good player. Like that's great, but I don't know if you can rely on that. Uh, but then, and, and special teams, I think certainly fits into that. Uh, some good things on special teams like Jake Elliott was great. Um, I thought Brayton Covey had a nice return, but overall, I mean, you, you can't have 10 guys on the field. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? I, I think there's a coaching issue on special teams. And I think Michael Clay has done some decent things. I don't think he has, uh, has done the best job. I don't know if he has the best personnel. And I think that's a concern, especially as the injuries pile up, because now you have Josh Job starting, so he can't play as much special teams. Christian Ellis is going to have to start. He's one of your best special teamers. So there's a trickle down to all this too. So I think those are concerning. I have a tough time feeling concerned about the offense. Uh, I just, I think they're going to be good. I, I watched it all training camp. Jalen was incredible. They have, two of the best receivers in the league, a top five tight end, and he's not five. They have an offensive line that should be good. I see no reason why they wouldn't be good. Uh, I was kind of surprised Lane Johnson had a tough time with Keon White, uh, the rookie. But, I mean, Lane's Lane. And, and like, I, I, I have a hard time getting worked up about the offense. I think they'll be okay. Let's go back to Jefferson. Uh, they did a great job on him last year, for sure. Um, do you see that happening again tonight? Do you see it two games in a row? Uh, maybe not to that extent. He's a really hard guy to shut down completely. 
Uh, you're going to have to give help. You know, Slade did a great job on him last year, but that can't be the only answer. There are going to be times where you bracket him. Uh, I, I think we'll see a lot more uh, too high in this game than we did in that first game. Nice. You need to keep it in front of you with him and Addison. So, uh, yeah, they're not going to shut him down the way they did like last year. I'd have a hard time believing that. I mean, Slay was – he got – Justin Jefferson got targeted six times with Slay on him. Slay had two catches and Jefferson had one. I mean, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> right. Uh, he's going to get his, but you have to just understand that, try to keep it in front of you um, and hope that primetime Kirk shows up. Yeah. It's, it, 11 it's, and 18. It's, Kirk. What, so Tony, what, what did you, what was your line before about Kirk cousins? Oh my God. He, 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 for some reason he can't leave the house at night. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know what it is, but the moon, the moonlight just reflects off of him a certain way. He, I, I don't know if he turns to a werewolf. I don't, I don't know what it is Dave, but um, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about this team, right, the Vikings, right, and they moved on from Dalvin Cook. Now they're dealing with Alexander Madison. They have Ty Chandler, Miles Gaskin. They're not really deep at that running back position. And the Philadelphia Eagles, I thought, were struggling week one against the run with the New England Patriots. You know, they they pride themselves on their run game. Uh, they always had, they've always had one. Um, this week, uh, they're going up against a team that doesn't have a running game. And the Eagles have responded pretty well with the run last week. Um, how do you anticipate – the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you know, dealing with um, those running backs in Minnesota. And what was your overall thoughts on Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, those guys, Milton Williams, Fletcher Cox? What's your overall thoughts on that interior defensive line as well? Yeah, I'll start with the Eagles run defense. I was impressed with them in week one. Uh, last year under Gannon, they ran so many five-man fronts that Jordan Davis was only playing the nose tackle. Uh, so to see them out there in four-man really the entire game last week was encouraging because you see Jordan Davis out there making plays from a position he really didn't get to play at all last year. And then that four-man rotation is dynamic. I mean, Fletcher looked incredible in week one. We'll see how he plays tonight. He's questionable. I, I, it seems like he – I always tell this story about Fletcher. A few years ago, he had some nagging injury, and I kept bugging him about it. And he was like, I'm playing. I'm, I'm going to play until I can't play. Uh, he's a really tough guy. I think he's going to play. Uh, but you wonder how uh, how good he'll be able to, to play in this game with that injury. But Jalen Carter was incredible. Um, Jordan Davis was great. Milton Williams should be talked about more. He's the forgotten guy, but he was great too. I, these four players have the potential. Even Marlon Tuipilotu on some of his snaps looked pretty good. Uh, it's a really strong rotation. The problem is you got to double one of them which leaves a one-on-one for whoever's next to him. And Fletcher Cox is going to get doubled a ton. He, he's earned that in his career. So if he's out there with Jalen Carter, yeah, Jalen Carter's got a chance to do some damage. And then if Jordan Davis is out there, even if Davis didn't get any better, even if he was the same player he was last year, you still have to double him because he's so big. You can't put one body on him. So uh, I even think back to that year, the Eagles brought in Haloti Nada, and Haloti Nada clearly had like not much left. He was getting doubled because he's just such a massive human. You can't put one player on him. So uh, Jordan Davis is going to keep getting those doubles, and it's going to leave either Milton or Jalen Carter open with a one-on-one, and they're going to beat him. I mean, they're going to win one-on-ones pretty consistently, and that's a pretty good recipe. How do you assess Hassan Reddick's play, Dave? We know he was, he was dealing with the broken thumb, and I said the tone a little bit earlier. It might have been nice just to get one under his belt. Now he knows kind of what his limitations are, what he can do. Yeah. And I'm not even saying he played poorly, uh, but how did you assess his play? What do you think of him tonight? 
Yeah, I was actually surprised. He got some good pressure early in that game, and I, I wasn't sure what to expect because grip strength at, as a defensive lineman is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's a little learning curve going on, him trying to figure out how to play through this injury until it heals up a little bit more. But you're right. I, I think just getting one game under his belt, trying to figure out how exactly to play with it, that's going to help. Uh, early in the season, he might not be the same guy. I think that's that's fair, but you still have him. You have Josh Sweat on the other side. Like they're, they're going to be okay. Yeah. I think they they have enough fastballs. Yeah, you know, really quickly, Dave. I'm thinking about the Cowboys and the Niners right now, right? And they both came out in Week One guns blazing. Cowboys dominated the Giants forty to zero. Um, Niners they took it to the Steelers. I thought that game would be a lot closer, but um, it really didn't pan out that way. But um, how concerned should the Philadelphia Eagles? And again, I, I know it's only Week two, it's early. A lot can change. But how concerned should the Philadelphia Eagles be with their NFC rivals and how hot they're starting out? I think it's about the same level of concern you had going into the season. I think these are the three teams in the conference that have a chance. And uh, I, I I actually thought the Cowboys were the second best team. I know a lot of people had the 49ers, but um, the Cowboys are a good team. That's a great defense. They have some playmakers on offense. I like that team. Uh, there's a good chance it comes down to the two head-to-head matchups between the Eagles and Cowboys. Right now, it's hard to say the Eagles are a better team based on what they did in week one and what the Cowboys did. Ultimately, I think they have the better roster, the Eagles do. Uh, I kind of give the tie break to the quarterback position. I think Jalen's clearly the best quarterback in the conference, but um, maybe if you're kind of overreacting to week one, you can say the Eagles are the third best team of those three. But I look at the roster – um, I think they're going to be okay, and I think one of those three teams is going to represent the NFC and the Super Bowl, and we'll just have to see which one it is. Dave, any kind of uh, – I know that Minnesota's coming off a loss at home, so that's a biggie, uh, but the Eagles weren't thrilled with the way that they played. Any help to them that they turn this thing around and play it four days later and not have to have it linger? They can just move right on from this? What's your sense of where they are from a psyche standpoint? Yeah, it's it's kind of a nice <laughs> – I always joke, like, it's a good win for a coach because, yeah, we won the game, we move on 1-0, but there's a lot to correct, and right. uh, you get to yell at the guys a little bit. And uh, there's not a ton of time for corrections, like massive corrections, which is okay. I, I think the Eagles are a good enough team where you don't have to draw up everything again. Like, you just execute a little better, have a little better game plan, and I think they'll be okay. The injuries are – a tad concerning in this game. You're missing three starters on defense, and um, this Vikings offense has the potential to beat you, but uh, I, I still think the Eagles are the better team. Okay. All right. Well, uh, so what do you think here in terms of prediction, Dave? Yeah, I picked the Eagles. I don't have the score in front of me. Hold on one second. I, I, I can find it for you. Uh, I did pick the Eagles, and I picked them 31 uh, 34-24. 31-24. 31-24. Okay, okay. Dave, listen, man. Listen, um, that's, that's a good score. I think I had it that way too, 31-24. That's a really good score. I, that's I think right I, on I think the, the line six and a half. So that would be an Eagles cover right now uh, for, for those of you scoring at home. I know you don't care about that, Dave. I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, all right, keep up the good work, Dave. And, of course, I always tell everybody, uh, love the podcast that you do with our buddy Ruben Frank, uh, Eagle Eye. It's excellent. But follow Dave on X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it, Zingaro at NBCS. Dave, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. That is Dave Zingaro. We will have the full coverage of everything tonight. Yeah, look, I I, I think Dave makes some good points there. Um, 
I I do worry about the defensive side. I don't I, I think offense I think their offense is going to come out and play really really well tonight, Tony. I do. Uh, the other side, I just I'm leery of shutting down a superstar two straight games, and and Addison well, is no, is no. Well, here's slouch. the thing, Rob. Here's yeah. the thing. It's not technically two straight games. I mean, it's been a while. They haven't played them since last season, right? I mean, two yeah. straight maybe as far as their matchups go. Full calendar year, but yeah. Yeah. but I mean, a lot's transpired between then and now. You know, so I'm not saying the Eagles are going to flat out shut down Justin Jefferson, but. You know how he always has in his mind he wants to take it to Philadelphia for some odd reason? Yeah. Well, not for some odd reason. We know what the reason is. Yeah. I think that plays against him. You know, he comes in. Oh, he gets too to, hype in his own mind. He, he, he gets too hype trying to make, you know, trying to stick it to Philadelphia when in reality he's not paying attention to the overall objective at hand, and that's to win the game. Mm-hmm. But overall, it falls on his quarterback, Kirk Cousins, to, you know, to get the ball from point A to point B. Justin Jefferson is going to get open. It's just a matter of, you know, you winning more of those matchups than him. Um, but I, I I I I agree with Dave. I think I think if they would be fools to not follow um, Jefferson with Slate. Yeah, same here. And I don't care if it's in the slot. I don't care if it's on the outside. I don't care if it's the left side. It's the right side. I do not want to see Josh Job lining up opposite. And you better give him help. You better have safety help over the top, man. Uh, because you get you get any kind of zero you know package where he's on an island by himself. It, it's going to be trouble. Um, so I. And I think they'll avoid that kind of stuff. I do. And I, obviously Minnesota's going to look for mismatches. Who do but you the think? key to this whole thing is going to be getting home. You get home on Cousins, it won't matter if, if at Jefferson's open. Get him. Just just get the Cousins. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, who do you think the Eagles are going to give the nod to at safety? I mean, I feel like honestly it's not clear cut. Um, I think I think you may see Justin Evans because of his coverage ability. But outside of him, I mean, I think it's pretty up in the air. We may see Edmonds because of experience. Yeah, you may, you may, you may, you may see Sidney Brown. You, like, it's, it's just not clear. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think here's my best guess. And we're, for if you didn't know, Bradbury's out with ribs, so he's not playing. Uh, my guess is you're going to see a combo here of Justin Evans and Terrell Edmonds. I think they're going to be your two starters. That's who I think they're going to go with. I don't think they want to have the inexperience of Sidney Brown out there, you know, with, with any of these kind of newcomers. I, th- I think that's the direction that's they're going to go. And I think it's going to be a quick hook if either one of those two aren't playing up to speed. I, I don't think they're going to stay with him and let him get torched all game. I really don't. I, I think they will not be afraid to pull the trigger there and make a move. Yeah. That's my sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Another quick question for you uh, about Sean Desai. Yeah. Did you think he blitzed a little? Well, let me not say he blitzed too much. Let me put it this way: Do you think he had some ill-timed blitzes in that Patriots game? Yeah, he was trying to create something in the second half. There, he was trying to get something going, and it just didn't. He wasn't able to generate it. I, uh, I know Eagles fans want them to blitz like crazy. I, I think tonight I especially, they're going to get home. They're going to get home. The interior is going to get home because, and they're going to force him you know, sidestep or move out. And that's where the edges are going to get them. But with the center being out and as good as the tackles have played or are playing and capable of playing, I feel good about the Eagles defensive line. I worry about everything else. I do worry about the secondary to an extent. I worry about the linebackers, but I, I, I feel good about the D line. I do. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's, it's crazy. This is, I don't trust the Vikings at all at never have. So, I mean, I just feel like the Eagles just have every chance to win this game. It's just a matter of, Okay, can you just limit the damage by those big play guys, Jefferson yeah. and, and and Hawkinson? I mean, if if you can do that, I think the Philadelphia Eagles can really win this game. You know, 
I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think if the Eagles, you know, get in Kirk Cousins' head early, this game is pretty much all but one. Yeah, I agree. That That's the key to this whole thing is Cousins. Y- you'll score, but if this turns into a shootout, you let them hang around, weird stuff happens. So mm-hmm. D-line, get home, and then you can avoid some of the stuff where you have no Bradbury and no, you know, Nicobe Dean, et cetera. That, that's where it's got to be won. That's for sure. Uh, it's going to time out. We will continue. We'll go through, Tone, who needs to be better? Mm. Now, that can be players. That can be coaches. Who needs to be better than what we saw in week one? We will do that when we come back. Tone is in for D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis for Sports Take uh, on this game day Thursday. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be very scary, right? And I'm in the front of the line. Uh, It took me a long time to find the right person. I finally did. And it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. And and look, for for any of us, for you, it could be retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you need help getting your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim. And I couldn't, it couldn't be any happier. Um, The other thing is you can always reach out to him with any kind of questions. Uh, all right, I'm seeing this. What's happening here? And wh- should we hop over to this? I-, I see this is trending well, or this is trending negatively. Let's get off this. He's a great resource to bounce things off of. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. And you could email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging and they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Tone. He's in for D Gun today. I am Rob Ellis, hanging out with you. Hope you're doing well out there, folks. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Malcolm Jenkins, one of the honorary captains uh, for tonight's game. Tone, good touch. Good touch okay. by the birds. Sounds Smart good. Move. Smart move. I don't know how excited Eagles fans are going to be about this one. Roger Goodell will be in the house too. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Did they say excited. why? Uh, he usually goes to the Thursday. You know, the Thursday games. It's a and it's an easy ride down from New York for him. I'm sure. But. Whatever. Okay. All right. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. You know what I'm saying? I'm just passing it along. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's look at this. Um, who in your estimation needs to be better tonight, certainly than they were last week against the Patriots? I think the obvious answer is Jalen Hurts. I mean, the reality is, you know, he's the big money guy now. You know, he's the big man on campus. You know, he is the franchise quarterback. You know, at, le- at least that's what the paycheck says. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to be imperative for him to make sure he's playing playing at an all pro level all throughout this season. Um, last season, he was a second, he was a second runner up. Uh, well, he was runner up for the MVP award. He was second team all pro at the quarterback position, um, made it to a Super Bowl, has an NFC championship ring. I mean, he, he, he's raised the bar tremendously for himself. Right. And yeah. this, and I have no doubt in my mind that he's already looking in the mirror, knowing he has to be better. I, I know for a fact, he's not satisfied with how he performed in that game. So if I if I if I know he's critical of himself and I know he's not satisfied, why should I be satisfied? Right? Why shouldn't I be critical? Because again, he's he's set the tone for that, you know, for his career, you know, you know, for his career arc. He's made it clear that he's all about accountability and making sure the rent is and making sure the rent is paid because the rent is always due no matter what's going on. And that's the thing, right? No matter no matter what's no matter what you're going through in life, people, the rent is always due. Yep. Your landlord, your landlord don't care who died. Your landlord don't care if you got fired. Your yep. landlord doesn't care if you stubbed your toe. Your landlord don't care if the car broke down. What are you going to do to answer the call no matter what's going on around you? And I think that's what it's all about for Jalen Hurts. He has to be better. And I think he will be better. You know, this isn't an indictment on his game. and it, This isn't an indictment on him. I know he's going to be better. He knows he needs to be better. He will be better. Yeah, I, I think I echo your sentiments. I, I think, A, he does have to be better, and A, he will. I mean – 120 or 170 passing yards, 27 rushing yards and a fumble. That's not him. Um, And I think some of that is certainly on Brian Johnson. I think some of it is on Nick to put himself in a, to put Jalen in a better position to succeed. Some of it's on Jalen. I mean, I went back and watched the game tape. There were, there were times he had Goddard. There were times he had other guys open and he, he didn't deliver. Okay. So collectively offensively, they all have to be better. I think the offensive line could do a better job protecting them where he's not, you know, running out of there for his life. 
So they all have to be better. But um, I think Jalen is just capable of so much more. I just think it was one of those games that, you know, everybody, again, nobody wants to give Belichick any credit or, or whatever. That's fine. No, um, but you're right. It was the perfect storm, right? Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way. You faced off with Bill Belichick. It was week one, so he has several weeks to prepare for you. Mm-hmm. It was a crappy weather game, which bodes well for what he wants to accomplish with that team, not being as talented. Um, uh, the, the, the Eagles offense came out slow and rusty. You know, new offensive coordinator, new D.C. It was like the perfect storm for them to lose that game. Yeah. But they found a way to win, and that's what good teams do. So, you know, I mean, I, I, you, I, I just, if we're going to talk about it contextually, yeah, there's so much. So you, there's so much blame. There's so much responsibility to be, you know, you handed out, right? Bill Belichick for being who he is. Um, new OC, um, Jalen Hurts, you know, you know, following up after the big contract, you know, so I'm pretty sure he's feeling pressure to a certain extent. I mean, it's so it, – it, it's, it's a cocktail for a loss, but they ended up winning the game. Yeah, right. That's it. I mean, again, there were so many teams that you felt like didn't play up their capabilities. A lot of teams, yeah, right, man. That lost, you know, yeah. or in some cases, like the Steelers, like the Giants, that just got run over. And – the Eagles did what they had to do. They did enough to escape and they won the game. And, and yeah, they're, they're, like to me, there's never a question of Hertz not being satisfied. Even if he played great, if he threw right. 300 yards, he'd be satisfied. But coming off that performance, he's going to be extra ticked off. And go back to last year, and I know it's a different scheme. So some of this you absolutely have to take with a grain of salt. But, you know, he had over 300 yards in the first half last year against this team, total yards. Yeah. He owned them last year. He smoked them, you know, I, and I, I don't have any doubt. I don't think their personnel. In fact, I think their personnel is worse. So Flores can scheme it up all they want. I just don't think their defense is that good. I, and I think, I think Hertz is going to have a big game. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, you, it's, this team is, is, is so talented. This team is so talented, you know, on, on offense, you know, God forbid any injuries happen, but this team, this team can run with anybody. So when you think about it from that perspective, they're they're going to be better. You know, they're going to be dominant, right? The the, the main questions we have really are on the defensive side of the ball. And to put it in perspective, I mean, they gave up 20 points. If the defense can keep that number, if 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 the Eagles defense can hold teams to 20 points or less on you know week in and week out, the Eagles are going to win a lot of games. Agreed. Yeah, listen, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So uh, beyond that, who else needs to play? All right, I'll, I'll jump in this time. Yeah. The offensive line does. I need to see a better effort from Mylotta. I need to see – I never thought I'd be saying this, but I need Lane Johnson to play better. Um, I need Kelsey to play better. Kelsey, in his own words, didn't play up to his capabilities. I think all three guys, why I, why I am not panicked or even concerned about them is because I saw something very similar last year against Detroit. And they made the in the opener, and they made the adjustments going into Week Two against the Patriots. I think they'll make the same adjustments. I think Stoutland was probably all over those guys this week. I don't have any doubt about that. And I think there's probably a very good game plan put into place to to be successful. And there's too much talent there. Frankly, the two guards, Cam Jurgens and and Landon Dickerson, outplayed the tackles in the center, which I again I didn't think I'd be saying. Th- that will be that needs to be better, and I believe that will be better the offensive line. And that includes the run game too, Tony. No, yeah, yeah. There were there were too many moments where I felt like guys were coming off the line of scrimmage untouched. Yep. Uh, and that that can't happen. Um, but 
that Eagles offensive line, they're so talented. They're so deep. They're so they're so well coached. I don't anticipate them having in back to back terrible weeks. And you, you you said something earlier, you know, and, you know, in, in the first part of this uh, segment that a lot of teams didn't really play up to their expectations that we thought would be better. Right. If, I mean, if, if, if you take away if you take away those outlier games like the Cowboys game and that Miami Chargers game, most of these teams kind of struggle throughout. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know I know the Niners did what they did to the Steelers, but there were still there were still hiccups along the way. I just don't think any team truly played up to their full capabilities in week one. And I think I think that's the that's the silver lining. Right. You know, the fact that you saw all across the board that a lot of teams, the 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 the, the Bills, they struggled. The uh, the the, uh, the the Bengals, they struggled. Those two teams are Super Bowl contenders. I mean, that's just the reality. So uh, this Eagles offensive line, I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to get back on track. You know, when you got guys like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson in your huddle, Landon Dickerson, um, Jordan Milada, you got Cam Jurgens, the rookie. That offensive line is going to be good. They're going to be top five, bare minimum, and they're and they're definitely not five. So, um. One guy that I feel like has kind of plateaued is Jordan Melada. And you know, you 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 tell me what you think about it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like Jordan Melada, I don't know if I'm seeing him necessarily getting better. But again, I try to put it in perspective that he came to this game late. So his development is going to be very skewed in comparison to guys that's been playing this game all their lives. But I don't know. I just I just feel like Melada, he's Obviously, he he came to the game late. Yeah, I, I believe Milada is what 27, 26. I don't know, but I don't know. You tell me, right? Like, I, well, I, I thought last year. You more from him. I thought he was decent last year, but not special last year. And I thought right. some of it had to do with the shoulder injury that he had. Right. So I'm thinking, all right, coming into this year, he's going to be healthy, and we're going to see that guy that that earned that big contract that he got. And we didn't see it week one. Now I need I need about a about a three four week window before I can really totally dig in on that. Right. But to say it's not on my radar, I, it is on my radar. I, I think you're right about that. He's um, yeah. Like I let me put it this way: I feel much better that Lane is going to show up tonight and dominate. My lot of I got to see it. You know, I got to see it. And he, and Lane's going to be dealing with the toughest dude. Danelle Hunter is by far the the, the best guy on their line. Right. And he lines up on the left side, which means Lane's getting him. So that that's a that's a one on one. You got you want to keep a real close eye on because that's going to be a big time matchup with those two guys. But I agree with you with my lot. Let me throw one more uh, another one in there. How about the coaching? Mm, you know yeah, how about how definitely. about the coaching? Like this needs to look better. This Eagles team scoring twenty five points and and however many of it came from their defense is not acceptable. I need more from Brian Johnson. I need more from Nick Sirianni, who oversees this thing ultimately. Um, I need them to get a, a stud tight end involved a little bit more. I need them to get uh, on the Andre Swift involved a little bit more. I need to see some more deep shots. I didn't think they took enough deep shots. Um, whatever it is, it's got to be better than it was last week. That wasn't good enough. And this defense they're playing is not as good as last week's Patriots defense. So it should and has to look better. So coaching, get your game together. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think there's also this mystique, you know, when coaches go up against Bill Belichick, I feel like they kind of tense up a little bit. Um, I think they're going to go into this week a lot, a lot looser. You know, the, you know, Brian Johnson, he had to put, you know, he had to, he had to pop that proverbial cherry. You know what I mean? Like he had, <laughs> he had to, you know, get used to that. Um, you know, to, it, like there's no better way to open your season 
than going up against one of the best, you know, play callers on defense and Bill Belichick, right? You know, there, there, there's no christening like it. So um, I think Brian Johnson is in prime position to bounce back. Um, I think he will bounce back. I think he has no choice but to bounce back because now we're comparing, we're going to, we're going to compare him to that offense last year. We saw what Shane Steichen provided, you know, when he took over, he's going to constantly be compared to that. So Brian Johnson has to write the ship, you know, going into this week. And then Sean Desai, he's going to constantly be compared to uh, Jonathan Gannon. And it's not like Jonathan Gannon was spectacular. I feel like Jonathan Gannon was more so carried by talent than what he actually provided. Um, I actually think Sean Desai is going to be a bit more hands-on, you know, from um, just from a, a technical standpoint. Um, but both of those guys are going to be compared to their predecessors. And Sean Desai is actually going to have a tougher job. He has less talent. So he has, so you have to rely on his coaching more than before. Right. Or, or more than you would rely on Jonathan Gannon's talent. We saw what Jonathan Gannon's defense looked like without talent. We saw what it looked like with talent. So now we're going to see Sean Desai kind of with a mixture of both of those things. You have talent sprinkled in and you got a lot of youth. So um, I think the offense is, I think the defense is more athletic this year. Um, and that gives Sean Desai, you know, some tools to play with. But both of those coaches, even Nick Sirianni has to be has to be tighter with his in-game decision-making. I mean, come on, man. You can't just be wasting timeouts like that, timeouts like that in the second half. Whenever I see a coach burn one of his timeouts early in the third quarter, I think you're already signing your death warrant. Yeah, it's interesting because I think people are – Brian Johnson's going to get way more rope because – I mean, Sean Desai, excuse me, is going to get way more rope because everybody hated Gannon, right? Right. So he's going to get more rope, or at least he should. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't look at it from the Gannon aspect. I look at it from, he's got a lot of new players over there and, and going into this game, he's banged up. I mean, you're without I, Bradbury in my, I know Slay had the pick six last week. I think Bradbury's their best corner. So you're without Bradbury. You're without, you know, your starting middle linebacker. Uh, you're without your starting safety. Like that's, that's a lot. So I, I, I was willing to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt anyway to start the season, but especially now with the injuries they have. As far as Brian Johnson's not going to get a lot of leeway simply because everybody expects this offense to hit the ground running. And, and the thing that you were worried most about last week, well, there were two things. You were worried about Cam Jurgens and he played well. You were worried about how the running back thing was going to play out. And I, I think that's correctable. Like the way that they handled the running back thing, I think is correctable. It doesn't mean it's not going to work. But everything else should be go- like Jalen should look better than he did. That you you know not I, AJ and Devontae were still pretty good. I'm not going to you know downplay what they did. But Goddard's got to be better, more involved. So I think there's it's it's weirdly more on Johnson tonight because I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be a game where you're going to have to sort of outshoot them. Uh, then you are going to completely shut them down. I don't I don't see a total shutdown on the Vikings offense. I do think they will force Cousins into a turnover or two, and I think they'll get to him at least three times. But I think Jefferson's going to get his. I think Addison's going to get his. I think Hawkinson's going to get his. It's just a matter of are you going to make them so one-dimensional that he's dropping back 45 times and you're teeing off on Kirk Cousins. Right, that's the thing. I think the Eagles are going to win at the point of attack uh, for the most part of this game. I think I think you're going to see Kirk Cousins throw that ball 40-plus times tonight. I, I, I just I just don't think their running game is going to be able to get off. Um, another thing um, on, you know, on the Brian Johnson side is the fact that you know, the Patriots are a team that are good at stopping the run. The, the Patriots are a fundamentally sound team. They may not right. be the most talented, but they're so technically sound, so fundamentally sound, so well coached. They're always going to be prepared. You know, you have to bring your A game against a team like that, no matter who they have on their roster. So the Eagles running game did struggle. And 
I think it's going to be better this week. But overall, the biggest thing with Brian Johnson is, right, it's it, it's going to be sequencing. It's going to be having a feel for the game. You can't just analytics your way through a whole game. At some point, you got to – like, play calling is mostly feel, right? right? And – you know, knowing when to call a play call, right? Sometimes it could be the I right agree. play call, but mm-hmm. but did you call it at the right time? Right play call, wrong time. Mm-hmm. You know, wrong play call, wrong time. You know, so it's well and adjustments too, Tony. And you know, and you it, might go in thinking and, and Tina's more worried about Nick smelling himself off of last year's success than Jalen. I need to see a ton from the offensive coaching staff. I hear you. I hear you, Tina. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I I agree with you. I think some of it is, hey, we thought we were going to be able to do this against Minnesota. Maybe not. We got to pivot after this and, and start utilizing this and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet where the feel is for that kind of thing with these guys. I, I got. I don't know. I just have. And to again, see it. it's only been one game, and like we have no sample size to really judge Brian Johnson on. This is this is obviously us just you know just doing our jobs yeah. here, right? Yeah. But you know, we ultimately we have no idea, and this goes for every team in the NFL. As much as we want to indict every team and what we saw in Week One. We honestly know. We honestly don't know a damn thing about who these teams are, right? As it stands right now, we're going to know. We're going to know a little bit more about these teams once October comes. You know, you have a four-game sample size. Even then, that's not enough, in my opinion. I feel like you're. I feel like you're not going to really know what all these teams are legitimately until about week seven, week eight. Oh, sure. I, I agree with that. I agree. I, I think you especially ha- when you have new coordinators like the Eagles do, you have to you have to let it breathe a little bit. I mean, uh-huh. you, you you have to understand. You know, just just that it's going to take some time. As much, it's hard because you you weigh expectations versus the reality of it, and, it, and you got to meet somewhere in the middle. And last week, I I, I guess if I if I had a takeaway, I'd say unsatisfying kind of game. Uh, you know, you always want to win. You won yeah. ultimately, but I think if you look at it, once they start playing some of the the meat of the schedule, an effort like last week, you lose. But but again, it's the first week. You didn't play in yeah. preseason. Like there's a lot to it. Yeah, I also think that another reason why last week made us so uncomfortable is because not at any point in that game did they appear dominant. Um, they they looked more fortunate than dominant in that game, and I think that's the part of the that's the part of the equation that a lot of us can't really wrap my wrap our minds around. You know, we're so used to this team being dominant, and on top of that, look, let's put it into perspective. This schedule is significantly harder. You're going to you're going you're going up against better defenses. You're going up against better quarterbacks. You're going up against more playoff teams. So you so this this team this Eagles team can very well be better, but have a worse record. That's that that that's that's how crazy this season can get. You know this team can execute better and in, in, in all sorts, but because they're going up against a higher tier of talent, higher higher tier of team, you know one or two one or two you know false bounces can mess up. You know you know can make a difference between two or three wins. Like just as easy as you know. It's so funny. I always or I always th- think about this fact that the only thing separating a team from being seven and ten versus ten and seven is maybe a few bad bounces, man. Like, like it, it, yeah. it, 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 it can it can really be that simple. You know, there are teams that were nine and eight last year, but they could have easily been, I don't know, maybe, uh, uh, 11, 11 and six. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because of maybe a mishap. So. Keep in mind, Eagles fans, that this thing is still evolving. And let's say they don't win 14 games like they did last season. Let's say they only win 12 or 11. This team can be this team can potentially be more prepared for the playoffs, only winning 11 or 12 games versus what they were when they won 14 games last season. Just well, you know, just just put it in perspective. No, right. And I, and I think I, look when you go 14 and three, um, there's just straight dominance there. 
you're right. There's a there's a razor thin margin between 10 and seven, seven and 10, where it's breaks. In other words, guys stay healthy. Uh, you know, th- this, this ball wasn't deflected, you know, into somebody's hands where they picked it off and ran it back for a pick six, whatever. There's weird stuff that has to happen along the way. And last year, for the most part, things broke the Eagles way, whether it was them staying healthy or the other team being hurt, backup quarterbacks, they were facing bad schedule, whatever, but you know, whatever it was, the Eagles took care of their own business too, to their credit. But yeah, it is going to be different this year. That that much is um, for sure. The other thing I'll say is, for the most part, uh, Sipos was really good yet uh, last week. Jake Elliott obviously was very good. Uh, Covey had one okay return. They they were okay. What I don't need to see is a timeout burned on special teams because you didn't have enough guys on the field. Yeah. Michael Clay, clean it up, dude. Clean it up. This has been going on for too long. I've been, I, I hate to, I hate to be this person, man, but I've been on Michael Clay for a long time, but no one, no one, no one likes to listen to me, Rob. Like it's, it's just, you know, a guy, I understand how Roseman has done, has not done Michael Clay any, any, you know, he hasn't done him any justice when it comes to that roster, right? That's for team's roster. Yeah. Um, but there's just some things where I'm like, okay, they, they still don't look well coached. You know, in my humble opinion, it's just certain things that should not be going on. Yeah. Um, but they resigned and they brought them back. I mean, I'm look. I I, I never want to call for someone's job because that's their bread and butter. That's their sure. livelihood. Yeah. That's that's not that's not how I you know how I get down. But yeah, you know, I just haven't been pleased with Brian Johnson for a long time. And you know, uh, look, I, look, Michael Clay, not Brian Johnson. I'm sorry, not Brian Johnson. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Michael Clay. Excuse no, me. No, no, I, I got like, you. I mean, again, um, yeah. I, I'll point out improvements. I thought. You know this hurts me to say it. Sipos looked good. Uh, Jake Elliott looked good, like he always does. And, and Hunt coverage looked good for the most part. Yeah, there was the for one the, uh, kick return, which was the set kick up. return was yeah that kind of kicked things off, you know, in a bad way. Um, yeah, again, I, I just I, I have have your men ready to be on the field. That's at all. the very least. At, at the very least. So they're the things I need to see. They're the things that uh, that Tone needs to see. You know, and certainly the one other thing I wanted to throw in there, Tone, which was interesting. So Rashad White, who people may not be all that familiar with, he's a running back, rookie running back with the Bucks. Bucks beat the Vikings last week. One of the things he said was Baker Mayfield had figured out the Vikings tendencies. And literally at halftime, I know, literally at halftime was, was telling the guys like, look, I got it. If they do this, I know they're doing that. If they do that, I, I'm doing this. I got it. I'm reading it. So he says this publicly, and I could tell from Mayfield to the coach to the players, they were just like, what are you doing, dude? But I do wonder if that may be something to keep our eye on in this game. Yeah, my thing is, dude, you ruin it. you're ruining it for us now, right? Yeah. <laughs> we could have took advantage of that. <laughs> but, but, but now that you let the cat out of the bag, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Johnson, those guys, not Brian Johnson. I'm sorry. I keep saying bro. Brian Johnson's on my mind. Jeez, Brian Flores. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Flores, you know, uh, is it Kevin O'Connell? Is, is that the name of their head coach? Kevin O'Connell, yes. Kevin O'Connell. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to the drawing board and they just say, you know what? Let's just, let's just start fresh here. Yeah. You you can't do that, young buck. You, you, you can't just be out there just, you know, just spilling the beans. You know, you can't be giving out, you know, giving out the company secrets. You can't be giving out the you can't be giving out the secret recipe to the Krabby Patty. You can't do that. <laughs> You can't do yes. that. Yes. Lesson learned. I'm sure he, I'm sure there was a little talking to 
uh, that Mr. White got. I, I would I would imagine that that probably went down. All right, uh, let's get a timeout. We're going to come back. Uh, we are going to talk to Coach Billy Crocker. Guess who got their first win this of the exciting, season man. in dramatic fashion? Yes, Eastern University. We will talk about it with, with Coach when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about proaction restoration. All right, you got a home. You got a business. You have a property you own. You go through the pain, the inconvenience, the fear, quite frankly, of what happens when you have fire damage, smoke damage, mold damage to your property. You're not really sure how to handle it, right? Proaction Restoration is your place. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. So reach out at any time. I did. It was on a Saturday. They got right out. They fixed the problem. The crew was professional. It was clean. The price was reasonable. It was everything you would hope to be in a very difficult situation. Uh, Proaction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Okay, we're back. Rob Ellis and Tone DeShields. Tone hanging in for D-Gun here on Sports Take on this Thursday. And as we do each and every Thursday, we welcome in the head football coach at Eastern University, Coach Billy Crocker. Coach, all right, let's start. Let's start here. Congratulations, man. You you guys come back Saturday night. Weird game, weather delay, right? A, a lot of things going on. But you guys make a comeback trailing in the third quarter and end up getting your first win of the season. Congratulations. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, it was it was an interesting night for sure. Um, you know, it started on our, our way down. The, the Schuylkill looked like the Schuylkill because it flooded and we were, <laughs> we were having trouble getting down there. And um a couple of delays and then we got out there and, um, you know, played a good first half and had a little bit of a lapse in the third quarter. And then um, the young, the young kids, uh, you know, kind of uh, didn't let it bother them and, and went and finished it off in the fourth. Yeah. That, that's a biggie. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell Go ahead. Oh, yes. Sorry, Rob. Yeah. Coach Rager, uh, pl- pleasure meeting you, um, you know, officially. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some of these game notes in this box score and, you know, of course, the offense gets all the love, right, you know, for staging the comeback and putting the points on yeah. the board. But, you know, the, after that third quarter, like you said, things got a little rocky. You guys could have laid down and died, you know, going down 23-16, but you didn't. You know, your defense stepped up big time in that fourth quarter, even oh, yeah. against special teams, you know, pinning them back, you know, behind their own five-yard line a couple times. Those yeah. guys stepped up in a big way. How proud are you of – you know, the unsung heroes, right? The defense and special teams, you know, for making it happen with your offense. Yeah, no, the big time. Um, the defense stepped up a lot in the first half. I mean, we were down. They, we had turned the ball over three times, and we had gotten zero at that point. So, usually when that's the case, that game's not a game you win. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I think, like like we were saying earlier, the, the defense, they made a couple huge stops and was short field in the first half. Like, they got the ball inside our 10. 
on a muff punt. We held them to a field goal, you know, things like that, that kind of get overlooked sometimes, um, you know, end up winning your ball games. Um, and that's, that's kind of how that played out. And, you know, no, and there was no panic. We gave up kind of two big plays right at the last drive in the end of the game. They got inside the five yard line um, and we got a couple sacks and then we got a pick in the end zone at the end. But usually when you have a young team like this, they panic. And there was there was no panic, um, you know, throughout the third and into the fourth, even on the last drive. Um, you know, and then the other thing offensively, too, I think we had so many drops in the game. We had eight drops um, from our receivers, which are usually pretty sure handed. And they were explosive plays, a couple touchdowns. And, you know, those kids kind of just said, all right, it's done. It's over with. And, and a couple of those guys who had drops ended up making huge plays in the fourth quarter, um, which was which was big for them. Let's talk about your quarterback. Uh, he, you know, he's been he's been big the last two weeks for you. And then, you know, you talk about some long drives here. Uh, in that fourth quarter, he, he is really, really stepping up, coach, and playing extremely well. Saber Stevens, tell me a little bit about him. Yeah, What's no. the background and, and how good has he been for you? Yeah, yeah Sabor's a local kid. He's Northeast High School here in Philadelphia. Um, you know, and, you know, we brought him in because we knew, I mean, he could spin it um, just flat out. He can throw it. And he was, you know, first game he was, you know, hit or miss a little bit in terms of accuracy. And I think a little bit was nerves early. He was on the money on Saturday night. Like even his incompletions were, like I said, he had eight drops. Right. Um, and those balls were legit drops. Like they were, they, he put it right on the money. And he is just a kid who has a lot of confidence, but also doesn't get faced. He just, you know, has some oxy to him. And he, you know, he's got, you know, when things start going in the wrong direction, he's, he stays cool and calm and collected, and which is what you want in your quarterback. Um and I think a lot of our young kids really, really believe in him, which I think is huge. It's awesome. You know, you spoke a couple times about how your quarterback, you know, he's level-headed, right? He, he, yep. he doesn't get nervous. And then also how your team just stayed poised, um, you know, throughout this game, even when things weren't necessarily going your way. You know, how much of that is, you know, coached into those kids? But also, how much of that are they naturally bringing to the table, right? Yeah, I just think they, again, sort of like even going back to the first game where a lot of people were sort of congratulatory on, a, you know, just kind of making it a ball game um, in our first in our first real game. Um, you know, but those kids ex- expect to win and they want to win. And, and I think that kind of goes into it. You know, I, I just part of me feels they're, they're so young, they just don't know any better right now. You know, it's like, trust me, I've been places where, it hasn't been good. And then all of a sudden when it does start to go downhill, it snowballs and it's like, right. okay, here, here it comes again. Um, and that is not the case. And, and part of it, I think is just, they don't know, <laughs> you know, it's just, they're not, they haven't gone through that yet. And, and, and we will at some point, you know what I mean? Obviously being, being obviously a first year deal, but um, right now they just, they're just like, all right, what is what it is. Let's go out and do, out, do what we can do. Like, Coach, I mean, you, you got some ballers here and I was looking at the roster and, and, you know, and a lot of it, you tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, like Sabor and some other guys, they're 5'10". Had they been 6'2", are they playing probably at a different level? Like what's the – and that's not a knock on D3 at no. all. But is that the difference in a lot of the cases with these guys? Sometimes it's size and other Absolutely. other little things. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a little thing. It's, it's, it's some size. It's, um, um, you know, I think, you know, maybe a step here or there. Or, right. or honestly, maybe some of these kids couldn't get to a camp in the summer before their senior year to get looked at by somebody. Um, And and then honestly, I think division two, division three is starting to benefit from the transfer portal, if that makes sense, because some of these 
Division One, and it all filters down, as you guys know, right? So the big guys to the to the group of five Division Ones, then to the to the uh, FCS programs, the Division One AA's. You know, once those guys start to run out of scholarships, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, let's go get it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's you know, trust me, I, I I think we have some guys here, and you know, trust we can keep it quiet, but um, <laughs> you know that I'm like, geez, I could have used that kid somewhere else. I've been, you right. know, um, and that's just the nature of, of what it is right now, and I think our level of football in division two can is a little bit on the receiving end of, you know, that how things have gone recruiting at, at levels above us. Well, you know, coach, if you guys keep on winning games, the last thing we're going to be is quiet about it. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you that right now, you know, in, entering your matchup with Avernia, you know, you know, as coaches, I would imagine you guys have objectives, you know, things you want to accomplish mm-hmm. in the game based off the game plan, based off the scouting report, things like that of the opponent. You know, entering your matchup with Avernia, what were some things that you guys wanted to take advantage of and exploit, uh, be it with that Avernia defense or offense? And ultimately, um, do you feel like you accomplished your – I mean, of course, winning is the ultimate goal, right? But just from you know, just from a nuanced perspective, right, from a game planning or a schematic perspective, you know, what were some things that you guys wanted to take advantage of and do you feel like you did just that? Yeah, no, I, I number one, just, I'm a defensive guy by nature and – I didn't feel they could run the ball against us um, at all, which they really did not. So I figure, hey, let's make sure we stop the run and then we'll get a chance to get after, you know, that quarterback a little bit, which we hit him quite a few times, um, made him uncomfortable. Uh, what we did was they have a, they have one really, really good receiver who's, again, he might be a kid who should not be where he is, to be honest with you. Um, we took one of our kids who started safety, uh, has been a safety for it. We moved him to corner this week and we said, dude, you're going to go, you're going to go mark him. Um, cause if one thing I've ever learned coaching defense is you don't let the game wreck or wreck the game. And mm. I wasn't, we were gonna let that dude wreck the game. You know what I mean? Like, go, right. if you're going to beat us, beat us with somebody else. Um, and that's kind of what we did there. And I thought we accomplished that pretty well. Um, offensively, I thought we could run the ball on them. Um, which we did at times. Um, I, I would have liked to see it a little bit cleaner in the run game, but, um, but I knew we got some athletes on the perimeter and I thought some of the matchups we could take advantage of. And once we started catching the ball, we did. You never want to get ahead of yourself and start patting yourself on the back, but it's more of a big picture question. Do you feel like these guys are really starting to get it more? Like, is there less, um, I don't know, emphasis put on certain things because these guys now understand what the objective is, what you're asking them to do, what the, what the culture is about the whole nine, where you can concentrate more on other things that are helping you guys be successful on the field. Yeah, no, I think it, this whole thing is a, a continual learning process for these for these guys. And, you know, we got to remember they're they're young, they're kids, they're in college for the first time. And sometimes I think that's overlooked. You know, by the time they get to us, we think they've been t- thinking about football all day and they haven't. You know, they're, they're trying to figure out where their class is, yeah. <laughs> you know, not, not you know, going to class, doing some work, acting, you know, acting appropriately, all that good stuff. And by the time they get to us, sometimes they're they're you know, they're capacity is a little spent, you know, uh, with everything else. So we continually work on just, you know, all the little things, you know, which, which will lead us to, to the result we got the other night, you know what I mean? Um, You know, but again, I think, you know, our job is, Hey, listen, you know, that to me was a team we should have beat um, regardless of whether we're a first year program or not. I I think if we played well, um, we would beat them. Um, I thought if we played well week one, we would have won, you know what I mean? This, this week's a little bit different in approach uh, playing a team who's, 
you know, uh, without without question, the best team in our conference, you know, and kind of been the last few years where we want to go eventually in this deal. And yeah, they're the champs, right? They're the champs. Of they are. Yeah, the Delaware Valleys. They, they won our league the last last few years going away. Uh, we're in the third round of the playoffs last year against Mount Union and, and gave them a game. Um, that, that is Nick Sirianni's. Uh, yes, it is. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, and, 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 and they held their own like they played a really tight game against the best in the country. And. You know, so, you know, it'll be a, a, a reality check a little bit, I think, for some of these young guys saying, hey, listen, we're we ain't there yet. Right. <laughs> we're, right. we're not close. You know what I mean? Um, you know, certainly we have a long, long, long way to go. Um, but it was really good just to kind of get this one out of the way. Yeah, um, get a but, taste. Yeah, it's awesome. Give, give well, let, let's give so let's show everybody the schedule here uh, because you got another home game coming up this week, yep. uh, Coach. This, this oh, oh, no, for sure, for sure. You know, but re really quickly, Rob, I have I have a surprise for Coach Cracker. We were able to get some footage of you guys Ooh. after 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 that win, and I want you to kind of just walk walk us through. You know, to play you were, by play here, Coach. Yeah, walk <laughs> us through walk us through what you were feeling during this moment, knowing what you guys won that game and had it down packed. I mean, you clearly have a lot of emotions going through your mind yeah. right now. You know, walk yeah. us through this. Well, the first one was I wanted to make sure we didn't screw up the victory snap um, with, with a with a freshman. Always a coach. Always a coach. Freshman yeah. quarterback. I got God forbid we got a penalty there, but it, it was a little bit of a sense of relief um, at first. Just all right, we're on the right track. We're doing things the right way, and, and honestly, that that would have been the case whether it was a win or a loss because we, we played a good game, and um, you know I think it was just you know a sense of relief at first, and then just being happy for for all these all these kids who, you know, especially the ones who, who came back from a year ago and said, you know, Hey, you know, we're back and we're going to do this. And, and, you know, we got out and to get the win this early in the season was, was pretty phenomenal. That's cool. That is very Absol cool. Right. Absolutely. So let's give everybody the schedule. I want to let folks know uh, you can listen to the game. 990 AM. The answer 990 AM. The answer is where you can listen to the game, but you see it right there. Uh, now is this a is it this a day game, right, Coach? Yeah, one o'clock kickoff. Yeah, one o'clock kickoff. Okay. Now, if, if I could squeeze in another uh, question for Coach, um, sure. you guys, like we talked about briefly, you're you're going to be facing up against the MAC champs, the former MAC champs, the reigning MAC champs, the Delaware Valley Aggies, right? Um, without giving away, you know, the game mm -hmm. plan, you know, without giving us, you know, the the means to success for you guys. Um, what are some things that's jumped off the scouting report when it comes to um Delaware Valley for you guys? Um, ex experience. I mean, again, litter, they're, they're too deep as littered with seniors and fifth year seniors and juniors. Um, and on top of that, physically talented as well. You know what I mean? They're, they're a team, you know, that's got physical size and, ex you know, but then also they have the skill, the skill in the perimeter, their backfield is extremely talented. Um, they have, a, they have three or four running backs that they rotate in. They're all, they're all good size, you know, guys. So, that's the thing that jumps off to me the most, which again is going to be the case a lot of the year with us is going to be the, you know, us, the young inexperienced guys versus, versus the, you know, a little bit of the elder statesmen, but um, you know, but they kind of seem to, they, they lost some guys from last year, but they, they, they fill them right back in with some, some older guys. And, and that's the thing that sticks off the most. It's going to be a physical football game. Um, you know, I think they, they want to run the football and they've done very well at running the football. Um, and we're going to try to, you know, make us, uh, you know, beat us throwing, the, throwing it. Um, I've always believed in that no matter who we play. Um, you know, I believe that in, I think it was 2006, we went down and played West Virginia and 
we said Pat White and company are not going to run it on us. And, and, you know, they didn't, but he threw for curve day that day. So. <laughs> Best laid plans, right? Exactly. Um, do, do, coach, do you reach out? I'm curious. I, obviously, I know what a mentor Andy Talley is, so I, I don't necessarily mean him. But do, do you reach out to other coaches around the area? I mean, oh, we yeah. were joking earlier about Nick Sirianni played at Mount Union, et cetera. Have you talked to him? Have you talked to, I don't know, James Franklin? I know I'm going a little far here. No, but- yeah, no, nothing, nothing down in with the Eagles. Um, okay. You know, it was Coach Talley, certainly. He's, he's actually, when you said that he's actually coming to practice this afternoon. Nice. Um, he's going to stop by and he wants to, you know, say congratulations to the team and all that kind of good stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm super close, uh, you know, with Mark Ferrani, who's, who's, who took over for coach. Um my coach stepped down and he and I are good, really, really good friends. So talk to him quite a bit. And then, you know, just my, a lot of my friends now are, are kind of spread out throughout the country. And, and once you kind of be in this for as long as I'm, you kind of have your crew and, mm-hmm. and that who you, you call and bounce things off of and, and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Well, listen, good luck. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking about another win next week. We appreciate right, it. Let's knock on wood, but let, let's, let's get the Eagles win tonight first, right? There you go. There you go. All right. Coach hey, Billy Crocker. Burst while together, Coach. Burst yeah, while together. Again. There you it. go. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Take, take care, Coach. Right, Bye. So that's a it's a, an accomplishment, man. That's a heck of an accomplishment for them to get a win this quickly into their uh, – Definitely. Their I mean, it's – the reality is they're, they're – here's what's so fascinating about that their situation. They're literally building a football program from the ground up. Scratch. That's – that's yeah. you know that's that's gridiron gang type stuff you know yeah, what I mean so, so it's it, it's it, it's so dope I mean more I mean more football the better I mean yeah. I think you know I think I think the Philadelphia area you know we, we we need we need some you know some some positivity some positivity on the football front from the college perspective so yeah um, I, look yeah, I, I love the cool. fact that it's another option for kids for for a kid who wants to continue exactly. playing football post high school man I, I think it's great. absolutely absolutely yeah. man it's exciting and that, that team is just loaded with local kids too so that's awesome. Uh, All right. Uh, Some Phillies here before we go into our NFL segment at at the top of the hour here, but uh, they lost three or four to the Braves. They're three and seven this season against the Braves. It's been a bit of a funk here of late. Uh, They've lost five of seven, eight of 13 overall. Now the one, I guess, positive or just perspective is last year they're over the course of their last 31 games. So the home stretch, whatever you want to call it, uh, they were 14 and 17. And they still got into the playoffs. So it, it, it's, you know, it's not panic time. You also consider the fact that they're playing the Cardinals, Pirates, and the Mets twice, 40 games under 500. Um, and you did get a little bit of a break because the Cubs lost the last two games. So all's not lost. But if you're paying attention to this, there's reason for some concern, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this they're trying to get in playoff form. And having th- these many highs, this many lows, and the ultimate test obviously is the Atlanta Braves. I mean, they're the cream of the crop, you know, yeah. when it comes to, you know, uh, Major League Baseball. Those are the teams that you're constantly going to be comparing yourself to. And if you think about the way they lost those games over the past several days, I mean, they went into extra innings twice. You know, they're not necessarily getting blown out. It's just, well, uh, the it, it, it's just showing you the difference in, the Braves are just better. They're, they're just better. They have better pitching. Um, they're more consistent. Um, like, they're just a better team. And they're not that much better. Clearly, like, you're you're able to push this team. Right. But, with, but what's failing you in the end is your, is your pitching. Right. And that's it. It's not the offense. I don't worry about the offense. But yeah. I do Offensively, worry. Offensively, the Phillies can run with anybody. Offensively. Yeah. But – 
the pitching is where things get a little hairy. Right. And, and what you, what you also, I don't know how you're going to get these guys through this little stretch here. Like clearly it seems to me like some guys need some time off. Um, but because this race is so tight for, for them to get the one seed, um, you know, and, and they're, they're not, I don't think going to be in a position to be able to sit a lot of guys. I mean, you're going to have to, to parse it out a little bit and spread it out, but that's, you might want to think about just shutting a guy down for a couple of days. I don't know that they're going to do it. again. Good that they have a day off today, but eesh, that's a how, little how many wild card spots are available. So you get three, three out of the wild card right now. Um, the way it sets up, the Phillies are in first place. They're Cubs, a game and second. a half. Yeah, they're a game and a half up on the Cubs. And then um, Cincinnati and Diamondbacks are tied for the third spot. So three get in. But San Fran is only a half back. Miami's only a half game back. So those it, it's all very, very close. Um, you know, and you go into a little bit of a slip here, which they're in, kind of. You could find yourself on the outside looking in real quick. You got you to gotta take care of their business. I don't think the bats are going to let them do that. I think. I think the bad outing from Wheeler was just, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it looks like uh, Ranger Suarez is starting to kind of find himself a little bit. And again, I think the bats are ready for the playoffs. I think, I think their bats are oh, very much ready. Totally. I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, again, you're playing teams that no, don't necessarily have a lot to play for. Right. And, and are kind of like looking at it like, okay, when is this over? Uh, let's make our tea times and all everybody goes, gets to go back home. <laughs> you know, but the problem is like Friday night, it's Aaron Nola. Who knows what you're going to get from Aaron Nola? Uh, you know, we just don't know. And then game two, it's Taiwan Walker. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. So the first two, uh, the, 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 the first game and the third game are really very much like coin toss kind of games. I like Suarez in game two, but I don't know what's going to happen in game one and game three. Is there a matchup that you would prefer in the playoffs? Um, because I think I think they're going to get in. I think I, I think despite their inconsistencies, I think you and I both think they're going to get in. Now, is there a matchup that you would prefer for them to have in that first round? Um, like okay, sure. okay, okay, Manfred. Let me ask you like this: What's yeah. your what's your preferred matchup, and what's what's the team you want to avoid? Uh, away, the Cubs right are pretty hot. I I wouldn't be all that afraid of Cincinnati or the Diamondbacks. It's you know if they were able to come up a little bit and make a little push, I I would. Uh, San Fran, I wouldn't worry about here. I wouldn't want to have to go to San Fran. Uh, Miami would worry me a little bit if they could make a run and make a charge because it seems like the Phillies struggle with them for whatever reason, and, and it seems like they always have. Um, I'd probably go Reds, Diamondbacks, if the Giants were home would be my preference if I had my Druthers. Hmm. I would go there. Now, here's the thing, and you, you mentioned the bats are playing you know, at a level that's just unbelievable. They didn't show up last night, but let me give you some of these stats here. Um, Trey Turner, his batting average is up to 270. He's got 26 home runs. He got 75 runs driven in. His slugging is up to 472, and his OPS is up to 793. Unbelievable. Unbelievable from where he was. He's got 159 hits. It's unbelievable. Um, Harper. Harper's done a heck of a job for them. All right. He's come back to earth a little bit lately, but he's done a heck of a job for him. Schwarber's been real hot of late, did not do anything last night. Alec Bohm, for the most part, Bryson Stott, for the most part, have been hot. A couple of guys to worry about here. Castellanos has kind of fallen back into some really bad habits of chasing bad pitches. JT Real Muto is all over the place at the plate. 
hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. Um, so they're the two guys that you would really, I think, concern yourself with offensively, whereas everybody else has been pretty darn good. How have you, uh, how have you felt about Rob Thompson as of late? Um, I didn't like him. I, I feel like he he's too much looking to the future rather than just trying to win the game. Like taking Sanchez out after five innings the other night I, I, w- without a low pitch count, I thought was a mistake. And I would rather he worry about winning games now because who knows what happens later. And I don't trust this bullpen. So if, if, if it's a starter third time around in the lineup, and that's a big part of this thing, Tone, they, they generally, the analytics will tell you when a starter faces a hitter for the third time in a game, the hitter has a great advantage. The starter success or any pitcher for that matter, but it's generally a starter a bullpen guy's not going to, you're not going to see him three times, but right. a starter success goes down. The percentages go up for the hitter. In this case, if he's pitching well, I don't care. Roll with him. Let him get another inning. That's my mindset. I mean, if he's if, if if someone's dealing, let him keep cooking. I mean, he's he's not showing me any signs of fatigue, so let me just keep like keep him in there. That's my uh, mindset. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I I think that is some of that comes from on high. Some of that comes from the front office, the analytic folks, um, and I think you know Rob Thompson. It, it, it's a it's a collaborative um, effort and it's collaborative decisions you know, with this kind of stuff sometimes. So I think it's, it, it is him, but it's also the guys who go above him. I think it's the pitching coach probably in his ear, you know, all those kind of things. So I, I, that's one thing I would like to see a little bit differently. Um, what else would I like to see from him? I, I think he's in a really tough spot. I don't really have an answer for this, but I, I think that uh, he continues to use Kimbrell in the role of closing games when Kimbrell's struggling, but he doesn't have great options because Alvarado's not himself. Sir Anthony's not himself. Soto's not himself. I would think about, I know this sounds crazy. I would think about Hoffman uh, in high leverage situations because he's probably been their most consistent pitcher um, out of the bullpen for the last, uh, I don't know, two months, month or so at least. But he has pitched very well for them. So he's a guy I would look at. It's Jeff Hoffman. Uh, good numbers this year, you know, good ERA. Uh, he's down to a 230 ERA. He's got a 0.89 whip. You know, he's guy wasn't even here when the season started, but he's, he's someone I would think about too, in, in a closing high leverage situation. I don't think they'll do it in the playoffs, but if you're asking me, I would do it right now. Yeah. Those are the two things I would look at. Yeah. What makes me, what makes me nervous about this Phillies team going into the playoffs, even though I think they're going to, they're going to make it there. What makes me nervous is, you know, we've had many situations where guys like Bryce Harper or Trey Turner or Shore, where they've given us a lead late in the game, be it in the eighth inning or the ninth inning, whatever it may be. And you mentioned it, the closing pitching hasn't really been reliable as of late. I fear that this offense is going to get let down a lot by the pitching in the playoffs. I do too. It's going to have that same feel where they fight back, Harper hits a heroic home run or whatever, and then the very next half inning it's blown. And that's that's demoralizing too. Like I, I, I'm not surprised that they didn't show up offensively last night because I think the amount of times they've come back and then it hasn't worked out, I think has gotten to them a little bit. So they're all the things to be looking at. But off day tomorrow or tonight, and then back at it tomorrow in St. Louis. All right, we're gonna come back with our NFL segment. Aaron Rodgers addresses the injury updates on the Seahawks on Chase Claypool, Kenny Pickett, CJ GJ, Matthew Stafford. We got a bunch of stuff in store for you 
So don't go anywhere. That is Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. Sports take. All right. Uh, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, as well as northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, it's a good time to get your trees evaluated before we get some more nasty weather like we tend to get these days. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
All right, hour number three. That's Tone. I am Rob. We're hanging out with you, uh, getting you set for the Eagles and the Vikings tonight. Lincoln Financial Field, first home game of the season. Place is going to be on fire. I saw Tone. They're already rolling in for the tailgate, man. So, did you see that guy that showed up to the link at like what four in the morning? Four thirty in the morning. Yeah. He's like, this is what I do. It's not a big deal. It's what I do. I'm like, oh, oh right, my God. What, like, I'm just trying to think, what are you doing from 4 a.m. until 8 p.m. when the game starts? I mean, you walk, walk me through what you would be doing if that was you. First of all, I, you, you, I hope the dude didn't start drinking that early. If he did, I don't know how you're going to pace yourself for, for, let's see, 12 16 hours. I don't know that you're going to be able to pace yourself for 16 hours unless he's got an RV he can sleep in for a little bit. But all right, what I would do if I, if I'm there by myself, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm probably streaming something, right? I'm probably right, trying to right. watch something. If I'm there with a group, man, I'm trying to stay active for a little while, throwing the football around. Uh, maybe you, you get a little early grilling in, do some breakfast on the grill. Yeah, I was going to say, get a griddle on there. Yeah, you, know, yeah, uh, you got to get some, your grub on, right? All right so that's the pancakes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Then somehow, some way, maybe around like 10 a.m., you, you try to get a little little cat nap, right? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. I was going to ask you, are you making that whole thing without a nap? No. I'm trying to do like a 10 a.m. <laughs> to like 1 p.m., okay? Then I know by 1 p.m. it's going to start getting nuts when they're, everybody's really rolling in. So mm -hmm. at that point, you're riding it straight through. There's no more naps. Like you're, it's going now. Now it's on, and you're making the rounds to all the people who are already there. I think at that point. But yeah, does that interest me? Being if they're at four eight four thirty yet? No, no, thank you. That's 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 kind of pushing it for me. That's a little too early. I mean, I I, I, I wouldn't mind getting there in the afternoon. But what's the longest tailgate you ever did at a game? Oh man, the longest tailgate. I don't think I've ever done like a crazy long one. Like I think for. No, I've done like I've done like long tailgates. Like I mean, but that was this is my college days. I mean, <laughs> but what's long, long? Like seven, eight hours. We got the game. the game. The game was like a uh, like a afternoon game. We got there sometime like seven eight seven eight a.m. And you know we started early. We made sure we, we made sure we we made sure we lined our stomachs with plenty of breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> plenty of bread to soak it all in. Plenty of. Plenty of carbs, plenty of starches, plenty yep. of protein. Yep. And, um, man, like we were drinking from, like, 9 a.m. up until. And yep. it was – so, yeah, the, my longest tailgate probably has been maybe five hours. Okay. Five, six hours. Yeah, I've probably done that. I, I, I'm with you, though. Like, the key is there's a couple things that are key. One, eat. Two, occasionally drink some water, keep yourself hydrated. That'll help you. That'll help you pace yourself if you're in for the long haul. Um, yeah. I, I think sticking with one thing that you're drinking, in other words, if you're mixing and matching and you're already throwing shots down, you know, at like 11 in the morning, you're not going to last. You got to be smart about this. Yeah, right? The hardest part about tailgating is when it's cold. Yeah. And you're trying to hold on to your drink. Oh, and your hand is like a claw. That's that's yeah. the hardest part about tailgating, besides obviously trying to find a reasonable restroom. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. That's again. If you have the RV with all that, it's a different experience. But if you're Absolutely. you're just out there, man, in the in the in the wilderness without any kind of help, yeah, 
It's a yep. part of it, though. It's a part of the tailgating culture. I mean, if, if you come with an RV in a, in a full, full loaded bathroom, okay, you're you're fancy, but come on, man, you got you got to get out there with the common folk. You got to yes, you got to you got to take that walk to the porta potty. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, yeah, have some knuckleheads shaking it while you're trying to go in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's so. Gunner and I, when we worked um, at the Wells Fargo Center, which is where our offices were for you know NBC Sports Philadelphia. I'm telling you, man, like we would pull up on a Monday if it was a Monday night football game, Thursday too, like this, but we would pull up at eight, nine in the morning and dude, it was like full fledged. They were already out. Now they've changed the rules. You can't get in there as early with cars and stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, like that guy we're talking about, I think you, you know, that he could get in there, but I, but I don't think he could drive into it. Um, it, it would, you pull up and like dudes were already grilling their breakfast flags are flying you know the whole everything's that everybody does man it's it, it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i respect, I respect it man like eagles tailgates are some of the best man I, I, I the dope thing about eagles tailgates is everyone takes care of everybody you know yes like, you, you, yes. you can't you can't walk you can't walk 10 or 20 feet without someone offering you a beer yes or or, or offering you a, a a dog or a burger off the grill you can't walk too far yeah that's true we they we do take care of our own down there that that's for sure uh when you're out there but all right what is your so for tailgate, let's just say it's not cold. Let's say the conditions are like fine. Like, by the way, today's perfect game weather in Philadelphia area. It's like seventy sides. So perfect. Anyway, it's not hot. It's not cold. What, what, give me your idea. Are you are you throwing beers down? You got some kind of uh, when you going liquor, whiskey? What do you, what do you, what are we doing here? So what I like to do is I like to always start off any 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 kind of excursion that involves drinking and celebrating i always yeah. gotta i always gotta pop the cherry with a shot okay i always gotta start with a shot so everything kicks off with the shot all right yeah it kicks off with the throw, shot you have a flask with you or you know um i have i always wanted a flask now Flasks are cool my buddy I, I, gave I, I for, when, when i was my buddy's wedding he gave us all these like cool gray he, flasks with our initials oh, in them but oh, I, I lost it. i'm so mad oh my god that's i know fly. it was awesome it was awesome but yes, got to start off with a shot, and then after that, I'm just drinking Coronas pretty much the entire time. Yep. Um, and then I'll mix in, a, you know, some shots here and there. And, you know, I don't want to get plastered, you know, yeah. at at football game because I've done that before. Yeah. And I woke up the next day, and my voice was gone. Well, it's not only that, so, but I want to remember the game. I don't want to be going to the bathroom every two seconds too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know also, I mean? I've had bad experiences in terms of like just like drinking too much yeah. and then trying to walk through like the crowds. Uh-uh, not good. It's, I, this is just me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but me being me plus under the influence plus crowds. Um, <laughs> doesn't mix well. Does not mix well. And how you going to do well. with the steps? If you're, if it depends on where you sit. Yo, listen, if you're high up, I've, oh. I've, I've been there. If you're high up, right, you got to walk through those steep stairs. Yeah, no. The, the field looks 3D. Yep. <laughs> like it just looks like, Yo, I could fall at any moment. Yeah. So not good. Yeah. And yeah. the worst is if you're going up, you're like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And, and I just think, and, I, and honestly, I always just think everyone's staring at me. So yeah. <laughs> I get a little Oh paranoid. my God. Our guy, our guy, Danny checking in. He's uh he's a vet. We love him, man. Uh, he's going back to work. He helps vets. Appreciate you, Danny. Appreciate awesome. your service. Good, good, good man. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, all right. So that's, uh, I'm with you. Like I, I I'll stick with the beer. I'll do the occasional shot, pace yourself, eat. Uh, that's the mistake a yeah. lot of people make is they don't eat, man. And they're just throwing down, you know, it's just a liquid diet. Cause that's going to get you fast. It's going to catch up yeah. to you fast. See, I get hungry when I drink. 
So like, I, do I, too. I, I love I love eating and drinking, you know. So the, the <laughs> other thing I need, I think I need to be occupied. Like I want to be throwing a ball around. Yeah, I, I gotta be, be doing playing, something. Whether it's cornhole, having a catch with a football, guys want to play wiffle, whatever. I don't care gotta what it is, but I need something. to be occupied. Mm-mm. I can't just sit there cold. No, <laughs> it just doesn't mix. <laughs> Um, I hear you. All right. So let's hit a couple things here. Uh, NFL wise. So Aaron Rodgers uh, sent out an Instagram post basically saying, I appreciate everybody's support. Uh, I shall rise again. And his coach, Robert Sala said, I, there's no way I can see him going out like this. I, I, I don't either. I think he's going to absolutely try and come back next year. Um, and I'm sure he's, he, he even mentioned he's still in the stages of like, I don't know, grief, if you will, where he's just, you know, I'm sure it's, this is pretty fresh, man. It was Monday night. So he's still, you know, four plays. That's, t- that's a tough one to, to swallow. It really is. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I feel, I feel for him. Um, I feel for Jets fans, you know, just when you thought you had hope. Yeah. And all of a sudden you got to rely on the milk hunter, you know, and, and then I feel bad for football fans in general. I feel like we were robbed of something special. Yeah. Like, we, like, we, like the, this this could potentially go down as being one of the greatest teams that ever was because I expected so much. Like, I, I think I, I think I spoke to you and D Gunn about this, you know, yep. off air. I, I felt like the Jets can push the Bills for the division. Now, now I'm now I'm I'm all Miami Dolphins in that division, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but I, it's just, I, feel, I agree I with you. I, I think if you're a fan. Look, I get it. If you're for if you're a Giants fan, you hate the Jets, or you're in uh, some a fan of the an AFC East team, you hate the Jets. You don't care, whatever. Football fans but are it, robbed. We were robbed. Man. No, but yeah, if someone who doesn't care one way or the other, I wanted to see what it was going to look like. I wanted to see Rodgers back at peak Rodgers if he could get there. I wanted mm-hmm. to see that defense with him and what that would look like. Like I just, as a fan of the game, they're the things that I wanted to see. Yeah, that that Rodgers Garrett Wilson combo. I really wanted to see how that thing panned out. But you know, um, I'm a little worried about his recovery because I mean, he's still going to be 40 when he comes back. Yeah, yeah, not easy. Um, coming back from a you know, from a ruptured Achilles, from a torn Achilles. I mean, I mean, no matter saw, how old you are, it's tough. Yeah, we. I mean, we saw Kobe try to come back from that. He wasn't really the same. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, the reality, the fact, the fact of the matter is, the Jets, they're they're in the pickle. And Aaron Rodgers is it, it, it's nothing to do with talent, but now he's going to miss a whole season. He has to, he has to rehab. Yep. It's it you know it's some hurdles that they got to get over over there, man. But again, it's like it's it's like it's it's like certain franchises are just cursed no matter what they do. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. All right, so uh, beyond that, speaking of injuries, man. Um, so the Seahawks are going to be without both of their starting tackles in their game against the Lions. Yeah, and, and J- Jason, Jason Peters, Peters, who's been there for five minutes, might actually get time in this game. Not a good formula here uh, for Seattle, who's actually coming off a loss too. Or, or no, yeah, they they, uh, they win lose lost to the Rams. Lost the Rams. I thought, right? I, thought well. I thought they would win that. That, that was a bad game, man. Like I it said, like we, we we spoke about it earlier. Again, yep. You know, there are teams. There are teams who thought we thought would be better, and yep. they just weren't. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It, it is. Uh, I think they will be, I look, I think they will be more competitive this week, but being down two tackles, uh, you know, against the defensive line, that's, that's much better in Detroit. Be interesting. Uh, I don't disagree with this one. I know he was probably a little bit before your time tone, but Dan Marino says in today's game, he'd throw for 6,000 yards. 
He had 5,000 in 1984, which was unprecedented at that time. But I agree with him. I think he would throw for 6,000. I really do. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's supremely like supremely talented. You know, my dad, my dad loved Dan Marino growing up. Um, yeah. you know, the thing is, man, this new NFL, if you you know, if you just have opportunities, you can get five thousand yards. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just right. if you throw the ball enough, you can you can scratch five thousand. You know, it's not even you know, four thousand yards is not even a difficult task anymore if you're if if the offense is predicated to throw the ball that much. Um, but you know, I'm of the mindset. I don't care how many yards you throw for, are you winning games? And that's the thing about Dan Marino's career that you always kind of unfortunately, you know, shake your head at. I mean, he he's had Super Bowl appearances, but never really had all those yards never really translated to the to the team success. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he he got to one and didn't win, and unfortunately, they didn't have much of a running game, and in some cases, a defense. But yeah, he didn't win one, and, and that's a shame. He's in the Barkley category, you know, uh, guys who were great players but didn't win one. Carl Malone, yeah. you know, et cetera. Um, I think this is interesting. Joe Burrow, what he was asked about the artificial turf argument, you know, the whole artificial turf versus versus grass. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, I, I, I think all of us would, would want the grass if we had our druthers. He said, but the, the other thing he wants is that he wants the same – if you're going to use turf, he wants it to be the same for all teams. He said um, – I think the last couple of years studies have come out uh, how much safer grass fields are. So I think that's important. I think the most important thing is having a standard for turf fields, having each turf field across the league, have a standard. All of them are the same everywhere you go has the same turf. Each turf is different. Unfortunately with where we play, I I think having a uniformity across the league would be best. I I I didn't know that. Yeah, he's right. I hope they do away with turf in general, but yeah. Some have have different brands, which some can can catch a little bit better than others. Some handle slickness a little bit better than others, etc. The, the Eagles play on grass, right? Yes. Okay, that makes it. That's 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 good to know. You know, I, I've always felt like it was grass, but like you know, I just want to make sure. It's because hard to tell. The, the, the sometimes it's it so much so better real. looking now than what it was back in the day, where you had that green stuff. You could tell right away what it was. Yeah, you know? yeah back in the day, it looked like it looked like the. Uh, like you're like you're in a in, in the gymnasium or something like that. Like it, it just looked it looked like a running football back in the day, you know. It did. It did. Um, yeah, it looked but, like somebody's yeah, some something somebody would throw in like a deck somewhere or something. Yeah, ex- exactly. Pounded by the sun. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm 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 with the, I'm with the players in this regard. I, I think I can't remember who who put it out there, but you know, they 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 rip up the turf they they rip up the turf and put up, put down grass for the you know for the soccer teams when they play. So I don't understand. Maybe Bakhtiari said that, yeah. Right, right. So yeah, I, I don't understand why it's so hard, for, you know, for these teams that you just use grass. Um, I want. I, I'm curious to know if there's a common denominator between teams that use, you know, teams that use grass that win and teams that use turf that don't win. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if there's a if there's a correlation and you know in there with grass and turf versus winning and losing. That's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting study. Um, Gunnar and I talked about this yesterday. DK Metcalf and Pete Carroll had a conversation um, regarding some of his penalties, some of his unsportsmanlike stuff. Um, And, and to DK's, you know, credit, um, you know, he's, he's talked about how he has to be better. He said, quote, I really can't speak for anybody else, but my part was just effort in terms of the last game. And play after play, just 100% effort. It wasn't 
It just wasn't there like it's been in the past. So I know that's one thing I got to clean up and just playing as a team. Um, when something goes wrong or adversity hits, we can't just start pointing fingers and looking around, uh, you know, can't look for the coaches. I can't tell you. I think it's just an inward experience, lack of preparation on my part. Just do a better job. All right. Props to him. He's owning, you know, what went on. So. Oh, yeah, great. absolutely. I mean, I give credit to anybody who acknowledges their flaws and tries to work on said flaws. Right. I mean, no one's perfect. No one's a monolith. You know, like there's no blueprint to this thing called life. Right. We're all going through our own trials and tribulations. Yeah. Um, be it at home, be it at work, whatever it may be. You know, it's just that some of us are held to a higher standard based off of who we are to the public eye. So DK Metcalf, you know, I respect him, you know, uh, you know, taking ownership of that situation. And I think he'll be better for it. You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's anything to really, you know, harp on too much. You know, you you do you gotta be better, you gotta be smarter and understand that, you know, when you're playing a team sport, all your decisions affect the team. They don't they don't just if they don't just affect you. So I think he'll be okay in the end. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um all right, uh, elsewhere, uh, a couple other things here. Stetson Bennett, uh, the backup quarterback for the Rams, the, the who quarterback Georgia to two nat- straight national championships, has been placed on the NFI list. That's the non-football injury list. Um, Sean McVay was asked about this repeatedly, and he said, look, uh, some things are bigger than football, and uh, we're going to put Stetson on this. Uh, which means he's out for four games and he's dealing with something personal and he would not reveal it. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. So, but uh, he will not be available for them for four weeks. So yeah, hopefully hopefully whatever he's going through um, him and his family can get through it um, unscathed. Um, You know, you never know again, like the last thing I want to do is speculate what it could be. Um, But I know that I I know that there are some things that I hope it isn't. Yes. You you know, so uh, overall, um, Hopefully, uh, Stetson Bennett can, you know, make it through um, his situation um, unscathed and he can be on the better side of things. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So we'll, uh, you know, hopefully uh, that all works it out. And everybody, uh, I props to the Rams for not leaking anything and just, you know, trying to do what's best for that person. All right. Uh, Kenny Pickett said um, preparation was good. Coaching was good. Execution wasn't. Uh, their, mm. their bad loss where they got smoked by the 49ers. He said that our coach has got us ready for this game. Uh, players got to go out there and, and, and execute on the field. And we did not. And it started with me. So, uh, you know, again, same thing we're talking about with DK Metcalf, Kenny Pickett putting it on him, which is the way you should do it. No matter what, even if it wasn't on you, you put it on you um, when you're a quarterback. Yeah, it's one of the things that drove me nuts about Carson Wentz. He'd always do this sort of we and uh, this needs to happen. And I, I would be like, dude, just say it was you. Because most of the time it was, but even if it wasn't, say it was you. But um, they have a big one this week, Tone, against the uh, the Cleveland Browns. That game's at Pittsburgh. It's part of the Monday night doubleheader. It's the second game of the doubleheader. So that's a big one for them. Yeah, I expected more from the Steelers um, in week one. I mean, I understand that the 49ers are a team that's very talented, uh, very well coached. But the Steelers, they're talented as well, and they're very well coached. I was surprised how terrible their running game was. Um, yeah. They put, they put a lot of pressure on Kenny Pickett in that game, and I understand, you know, you know, they're trying to they're trying to figure out if he's the franchise quarterback. But I mean, Kenny Pickett throwing the ball forty six plus times, well, you throw, you're throwing the ball forty six times, uh, Van sacked five times. He had no time. No. He had no hope from his running backs. Najee Harris, we need to start revisiting what, whether or not if he's actually the guy. Right? He was drafted in the first round. 
And he doesn't get talked about enough in this offense. I feel like Najee Harris hasn't had any moment, in my opinion, that makes me say, okay, he, 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 he's, he's, he's the guy, right? You know, and I, I just feel like Najee Harris is holding this team back, not from a talent perspective, from a production standpoint. I think Najee yeah. Harris, if Najee Harris had a better game, I know for a fact Kenny Pickett would have had a better, uh, a, a better game, but yep. um. Yeah, I mean, he lost 30 to 7. Gave, uh, things got out of hand relatively early. Um, I, just, I just expect more, I, I expect more from Najee Harris. No question. Know? I expect uh, way uh, more. And, 30, and 30, look, 31 yards on six carries. No. That, that, I, look, I think they're going to try to establish him big time this yeah. week. Which and also, to, to put it in perspective even more for you, he had 31 total yards. His longest run of the day was 24 yards. Oh, my God. So the rest of the way, he had 27. I mean, seven, seven the rest of the way on the other carries. Jeez. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there, It's going to be tough for Pittsburgh. No Deontay Johnson with the hamstring. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, uh, I think they still, they still got Allen Robinson the second. They still got George Pickens. They, still, yeah. you know, they, they got some guys to throw the ball to, and that defense is still decent. Um, I just felt like it was too much pressure being put in that defense too early, and you know they couldn't really hold up. Also, they're going to be without, I think, Cam Hayward. That's true. Um, you know, for the next several weeks. So um, you can make an argument. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in trouble. Yeah. Um, if they if they can't get that running game going with a, a former first-round pick in Najee Harris, yep. you know, that, that division is, go, is looking like, as it stands right now, the Cleveland Browns could potentially, you know, run away with that division. Get but off to an 0-2-0 uh, start. Yeah, yeah but, but again, yep. it's only week one. So yeah. so much that can happen. So much that can happen. No question. Uh, Kadarius Tony uh, had a really bad game last Thursday night for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, drops just just didn't show up. Uh, one one of the passes he deflected became a quick or a pick six, which you know really cost them the game. Um, so he 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 another one uh, just along this theme. He said, "quote I told Coach, I told Pat, meaning Patrick Mahomes, all the guys that's on me. At the end of the day, y'all count on me and rely on me to make certain plays, and I've got to be here to do that." There's really no excuse, nothing you can blame it on, none of that. I know I could have made those plays. Uh, I Here's the problem, and I appreciate his accountability, but I, I just don't know. You, you're asking a lot of Mahomes with this receiving core, and he did it last year You know, with, with guys who I don't think are great, were okay. I mean, it was especially on display when you didn't have Kelsey last week. I understand that, but I, I think Andy isn't doing him a ton of favors here in the receiver room. Patrick Mahomes don't trust any of them. Yeah. He's he's he he he's doing what he has to do, right? He's saying all the right things, right? You know, he's not going to throw anyone under the bus because he's a professional. But I think we all know he don't trust those guys at all. And then when it comes to Darius, Darius Tony, I have a real problem with how he approaches things. You know, yes, you're a Super Bowl champion. You know, you had a you had a moment in the Super Bowl, right? And it mattered. It was a big moment. So I'm not going to take that away from you. But let's focus on this season. You coming off of one of the worst games we've ever seen you play, you directly attributed to your team's loss, dropping key third down catches, um, causing pick sixes, so on and so forth. And then you're trolling, then, then, then all of a sudden you're trolling the Giants because they're losing 40 to zero. I mean, dude, with all due respect, man, like you're yeah. not you're not that guy. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's 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 just like it's, it's just being tone deaf at its finest. I agree. You know? with you. And yeah. You know, a guy, a guy like him, 
he's not going to last too much longer in this league. I don't think so either. I don't think he, he's long for this. No, he, he, he's, he, he's, he's just not, you nope. know, nope. Um, Matthew Stafford, they finally got somebody toned to agree to do year season two here of the quarterback uh, documentary on Netflix, the uh, from Omaha Productions, which is Peyton Manning's uh, production company. But they got they've gotten one Stafford. Now Stafford fits the mold here. He's established. He's made a lot of money. He's won a Super Bowl. He's married, and you say, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I think there a could lot. be something with. Yeah, I think, frankly, there's something there could be something. And I don't blame these guys with the younger dudes where they don't want that invasion of privacy if they're have companionship at the house, if you know what I'm saying. Right. (laughs) Right. So you you, you, listen, we've all been young before. Yes. Uh, You're still young, man. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I age myself a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but no, I mean, I guess what it is. The, the problem is, all right, you got Stafford. Ever, it seems like everybody else in the league has shot them down. I don't know who else you're going to get. Yeah, look, I look at it like this, man. These young guys are already being recorded with every little thing they do, anyway. Yeah, why true. would I? Why, why would I want any more cameras? Why would I want? Why would I want you guys to catch me in 4K about you know, you know you know for me doing doing whatever I'm doing? I mean, and yeah. you know, we talked about it, you know. You notice it's the guys that are pretty established, the guys that don't really have too much left to prove in their careers who are um, saying yes to the show. Um, Jalen Hurts turned it down. Um, Justin Fields turned it down. Um, uh, who, who else? Uh, I think Russell Wilson turned it down as well. He did. Um, it was like, I mean, let's be honest. The, 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 the Jets didn't even want to do hard knocks. Right. So, like, you know, I – I'm never mad at a player for turning down something if he feels like it's going to directly have an influence on his production or how his teammates see him, right? Like Jalen Hurts' biggest thing was, you know, I didn't feel like it was appropriate. Yeah. And I understand, I understood exactly where he was coming from. You know, he still has so much to prove. Um, right. Definitely didn't want to do it coming off of a big contract. You know, he, he's already getting a, a lot of publicity, publicity in and of itself. So um, I'm never against a guy who wants to do what's best, what he believes is best for the team and also just for himself and his own sanity. So, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Hey, uh, speaking of Stafford, so you know what his his dead cap hit would be for next year? Isn't it like 60 million or something? Like 55.5. Man. Wee. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but I mean, I. I I don't know if he's going to be back there next year unless he takes some kind of reduction in pay. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on the kind of year that they have. If they're just mediocre. Yeah. Hey, look, man, the, the NFC is not that deep. So, I mean, we just saw the Rams sneak up on the Seahawks. It right. was only week one. But if they can't, again, we talked about this. Uh, the difference between a 7-10 and 10 team versus a 10-7 and 7 team is a few bounces here and there, uh, uh, you know, a few split-second decisions. So, who knows? Maybe the Rams can find a way to be a 500 team this year and sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're a team we all sort of wrote off. I will tell you that. Yeah. Uh, nobody's I, – I didn't – You never know. I mean, look, like, we, we the thing is that we never know. And yeah. we've, seen, we've seen teams come out the woodworks. So. Well, I think, I think, too, like, the big thing in that division is, are we all convinced that Geno Smith is that guy? I'm not, by the way. I need to see I'm it. Not. Yeah. I'm not I'm sold not. either. I need to see it from him. But you know, you know, to you know, to play devil's advocate, you know, we also have to see more from Jalen as well. You know, like, you know, he he's he's had steady improvement every single year. So you can track 
his development, right? You can track like, his rise makes sense. You can track it, you know, from you know from year one up until now. Geno Smith, he's just been down most right. of his career. Then all of a sudden, he had this this you know this flash. So it's kind of hard. It's it, it's easier for me to make sense of Jalen Hurts' success, and it's easier for me to say, oh, he's going to maintain this trajectory rather than Geno Smith because he has such a larger sample size of just being mediocre or bad, right? Mm-hmm. So again. It's, it's, it's hard for me to get behind Geno's success than it is for me to get behind Jalen Hurts' because Jalen Hurts, is, his progress has been steadily tracked each and every single every single season. And the, the, the and also the trajectory of success makes sense. You know, it's not just some random anomaly season. So Right. No, it makes sense. It, it makes sense uh, from that standpoint. Brandon Cooks, of course, we know that the Cowboys have Jets uh, minus – Aaron Rodgers this week, but yeah, man. Brandon Crooks, Cooks is still working on the side. He's, he's d- dealing with a knee injury, um, MCL sprain, and they're not sure if he's going to wow. be able to go or not. So against that defense, here's the thing. That Jets defense is probably going to keep him in games. As long as Wilson doesn't turn the ball over, they're good enough to at least keep it close. Yeah. If that running, so, game, can come, if that running game can come alive, and yeah. if, if Zach Wilson can just manage the game. Don't overthink it. Don't be afraid. Listen, it's okay to punt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So don't turn the ball over. You know, don't, you know, don't flip field position on your defense. I the Jets are still a team you have to respect because they're talented. Right. You gotta respect them. You know, so you know it's gonna be I really wish Aaron Rodgers. I know. Was, was, this game would have been like circle calendar, you know, through the yeah. roof excitement kind of game had Wilson stayed or had Rogers stayed healthy. Now it's just now, you know what this game turns into tone. It's a curiosity game. It's like, yeah. All right. Just how good is this defense? Can they hang around? Um, You know, is, is Zach Wilson up to the task of not imploding? That's all you want. You know, it just, just yeah. don't, don't kill us is what the message has got to be to them. To him. Yeah. At least. yeah. And then, with the, you know, on the Cowboys side, I mean, Cowboys are uh, are a really good team. You know, Davis and Girl spoke about it earlier. Um, they're a really good team. I don't, you know, I don't okay. doubt how good they are at all. But I mean, the Giants are terrible, and I always felt like they were terrible. Uh, you know, I don't care what Brian Dayball does. I think they suck, and <laughs> and I think what we saw on Monday night was a great team taking advantage of a terrible team. And that's just how bad the Giants are. So I don't know how much stock I put into that win for the Cowboys. Um, but again, they did what they had to they did what they were supposed to do. So it's gonna be again, I want to see what they do when they're going up against a better defense. Because out of all the teams, out of all the teams that we consider to be legit NFC championship contenders, which are the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles, the Eagles went up against the better defense. Out of the, the Eagles went up against the better defense in the Patriots in comparison to 49ers going up against Steelers and Cowboys going up against Giants. The Eagles went up against a much better defense and the much better the, the much better coach defensive team as well. So um, I, I want to see how those 49ers do against teams that are much more stout on defense. Um, and same thing with the uh, Cowboys. I want to see how they do against a team that's much more stout on defense like the Jets. So, Do you have – you're clearly not a believer in the Giants. Do you have belief in the, in the Washington Commanders? Um – I think they I think they took advantage of I mean, okay, you see how they struggled against a bad Cardinals team. Yes, they, they survived. Struggled. They yeah. survived against a team like that. So they the thing about the 
this this is the fascinating thing about the commanders or Washington in general over the past several years. They've always been talented. They've had talent all over the field, wide receiver, a talent at running back, talent um, on defensive line, linebackers, you know, but they just can't get that quarterback position right. And, you know, that kid, Sam Howell, I mean, he won the game. I got it. That's what you want, right? You want to see him win games, you want to see him command the offense. Um, I'm I'm not sold on Washington just yet. I'm just I'm just not just because I just how much it was it was a it was a last drive like it took it to the last drive for the the commanders that really sealed that game away. So I'm not this is a two horse race in my opinion when it comes for the NFC East. This is yeah. about Eagles, Eagles and Cowboys easily. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, Washington, while they have talent, um, until Hal start and he may look it may just be one game. He got it out of the way, jitters, you know, the whole night. Mm. Until he starts showing you that he's he's legit, I can't ultimately take them seriously. And I, I'm with you in the, the sense that the Giants' hype train was big. I just wonder they overachieved last year. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I I, I think they were well coached, and I think he made Jones look decent or, or good. Jones had a good year. But you need elite quarterback play to really, really be successful in this league. And I also don't think he has great weaponry with him other than Saquon and Waller. That's it. I yeah, don't think they have enough and, else. And, and Waller's already dealing with another injury. Apparently, He's always he had, hurt. Yeah, apparently he has some kind of nerve damage to his hamstring. It's kind of similar to the Cooper Cup thing with the hamstring. It's something something more internal. So, look, man, the not the Cowboys, the Giants, man. I just – I think Daniel Jones is so incompetent. Like <laughs> – I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the eagle in me, but I just think Daniel Jones is. You know, I can't even say that because I like Dak Prescott as a quarterback. I mean, he yeah. just happy he just happens to quarterback the team that I hate the most. Right. But you know, I, I I I'm not one of those Eagles fans that says, "Oh, Dak Prescott's trash." He's not. Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback, in my opinion. Daniel Jones, now he's trash. <laughs> like, that's somebody that I don't want quarterback in my my arena football league team. Like it's just. I, I don't I, I don't like his approach to the position. You know, I just think he looks awkward. You know, like he just see he, he you know, I, I'm just not a Daniel Jones guy at all. At no, all. I I'm I, I understand where you're coming from, that's for sure. All right, let's come back. Um Tone Colorado is playing Colorado State, and there may be a little bit of bulletin board material coming from Colorado State's uh side. I'll let you know what that's all about. Uh, when we get back, Max Scherzer out for the season. There's a crazy list of starters, like big-time names, who have either missed tons of time this year or will miss the rest of the season like Scherzer. We'll get into that, what the reason is for that. We have birthdays. We have movies. we got all kinds of stuff in store for you. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We are Sports Take Tone and Rob. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. That's Tone in for D-Gun today. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Uh, certainly look forward to uh, tonight's game, and we will have the full, every single detail of the game recapped for you uh, tomorrow. All right, appreciate you, Chris D. Chris D hopping off. She's got a roll. Uh, off early to get some sleep. She's in a different time zone, obviously. Wake up at 1 a.m. and watch the Eagles. Man, that's got to be a little weird uh, in, in Portugal. But good for you, Chris. Diehard fan. That's awesome. Um, all right, so, Tone, a couple things. Colorado, Colorado State playing this weekend. Should be a really good game. We know what Colorado, they've taken the college football world by storm uh, thus far with Deion Sanders, et cetera. So uh, Colorado State's coach, his name is Jay Norvell, okay, N-O-R-V-E-L-L, uh, said, quote, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. That's a direct shot at Dion, who keeps the hat on, the shades on, sometimes the hoodie on while he has conversations with folks. Okay, now, I don't know what's going to happen in this game, but – this is from the cat. I'm saying this right now before the game is played. Mm -hmm. Why are you poking the bear? This Colorado team comes in on fire already. Dion, now you just you just poured gasoline onto the onto the uh, you know the flames here. What a dumb move by this coach. Uh, your thoughts? Haters gonna hate, man. And then when they start congratulating. They're going to still have hate behind that. So it's like, there's it's, it's, it's nothing you can do when it comes to haters, man. Look, I'm all in on this Colorado train. I'm all in on primetime. I'm all in on Shador Sanders. I'm all in on all of it. Uh, Travis Hunter. I'm all in on all of that stuff. That's look, what they're doing. It's, it's, it's so exciting. Uh, it's, 
it's unprecedented when you think about how much Colorado has been struggling. You know, it's just everything that Coach Prime has been through off the field with his personal health. You know, it's it's like what they're doing is so great for college football. Um, it obviously gives us a lot to talk about. Sure. Um, but man, like just I'm 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 not one for giving someone more reason to want to you know curb stop me. You know what I mean? Like I'm you know I, I I'm all about coming in you know setting the bar low and, and and exceeding expectations. You know what I mean? So yeah, like I just don't think it's a good. First of all, I don't think it's a good look. I feel like I feel like I feel like some of his angst is coded, but it's okay. Um, the the bottom line is. Prime has been prime no matter what. This isn't like this isn't like this new person, this new manufactured personality that we're seeing. He's been this character, this character, all his career. Did, so you thought he wasn't going to bring that to the college ranks? Yeah. At the end of the day, Prime is Prime, and they're winning so far, right? And I think this is one of those situations where you got to just respect the game. You got to, got to, you got to respect what they're doing. They're winning. They're bringing attention, more eyes to that program. Listen, man. Just be grateful that you go. Be, just be grateful that you're going to share the same stage. Just be grateful, yeah. man. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, it's it's I, corny. It's corny. It's just yeah, corny. It's just dumb. It, you know. And, and okay, all right, that's fine. Um, you know, I I, I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand. It. Anyway, yeah. Um, Max Scherzer out for the year uh, with an arm injury. Doesn't have to have surgery. Um, but listen to this list of 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 heavy hitters who have missed either considerable time or entire season this year. Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, Hugh Darvish, uh, Dustin May, Tony Gosselin, uh, McClanahan, Springs, Rasmussen, Ray, Gonzalez, Painter, Montas, McCullers, Garcia, Marquez, Otani. Like there, that's a lot of big time talent there and money yeah. tied up in those guys. Are all those injuries similar in terms of what they're dealing with? They're like arm, shoulder kind of injuries for the most part, for the most part. And, and that leads me to wonder, like, as much as we sort of coddle these guys with innings, you know, innings pitched restrictions and all that, A, are we coddling them too much where they're not used to the wear and tear? And B, are we simply just throwing too hard now? You know, where everybody's around 100, where back in the day maybe they weren't, but at least their arms could hold up. I mean, it's not a natural thing to be to be throwing a baseball that hard, and, it, and then it just wears out your arm. I, I there's too much of this happening here. I mean, there's or something to that. It's, it, it, it's something to what you said the first time. Um, the fact that maybe these guys aren't getting aren't used to the wear and tear as as they used to as they used to back in the you know back in the day, right? I mean, you know, you know, all the OGs that play most sports, you know, basketball, football, whatever, you know, baseball. They speak on how some of these injuries that these guys are dealing with now, they never even heard of them before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying because, you know, you're, like you're, you're seeing more soft tissue injuries now than you've ever had in the past. You know, what, like, how do you, you know, what, what do you, what do you attribute to that? Right. Is yeah. it, is it the fact that these guys aren't, you know, are, you know, aren't putting that much stress on their body to the point where now when they finally start, you know, the, the tendons aren't, you know, properly reinforced. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but, um, the fact of the matter is, man, those, those are a lot of big names, you know, for, you know and, and also for them missing so much time. I know the Phillies, for example, they were they were really riding high off, you know, Andrew Painter and for him not being able to give them anything this year, you know, really probably really hurt. But, you know, what their vision was for that, you know, for that bullpen and for those for, the, for that starting lineup. So 
Um, you know what? That's a really interesting point. Think about this, Tone. What with the we hadn't really noticed, or we don't think about him that much anymore. But the way their uh, rotation is struggling beyond Zach Wheeler, I mean, how big would it have to, to have had him? Now they may have shut him down by now because of an innings limit or whatever. But if you still had him at this point, or you know, he had pitched sort of in a limited role in the minors, and you could plug him in right now, it'd be interesting to see if, if you would have had him. Now that you don't, but yeah, absolutely. It's funny. It's a guy we don't even talk about anymore. Um, yeah, it seemed like seemed like so long ago when we were talking about how bad it was going to be for the Phillies, you know, with him being hurt. It's amazing the way we just move on, isn't it? <laughs> that's why. That's why you know I'm of the mindset. Look, whatever you experience in the public eye, trust me, there's always going to be something else to recycle through. You know, yep. to the point where you know, just listen. Don't be so concerned. Social media is not a real place. No, it's not. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not it's a real not. place. And the show goes on, and the show always goes on. People always find new things to see. To, you know, to sink their teeth into. Yeah. So whatever you experience, just make, you know, just make the move. That's why I was so hard on the angels, the Los Angeles angels for not trading, for not trading Otani, um, Otani. and, yeah. or, um, uh, oh God, my man, geez. Trout. Trout. Yes. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I was of the mindset trade both of those guys at the deadline, you know, you know, kill these teams for whatever they, they're going to offer. And then and you have all these assets to rebuild your team. You know, they were so concerned about, oh, we got to still show, we got to still show our fan base that we're competitive or, you know, we got to, you know, we got to do this or we got to do that to appease. You know, we, we don't want to face the wrath of the media. People, listen, once you make the trade, you're going to feel it at first. But a week or two later, people move on. People move on. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it is all blown up. I mean, they, they've had injuries, Otani being one of them, and they've yeah. fallen out of the race. And, you know, now he may walk. Yeah. It's just, it could be a disaster. Speaking of baseball yeah. disasters. So the Red Sox have fired Haim Bloom, uh, who is there, who was their GM for the past four years. Here's what he's going to be remembered for mm. Tone. He traded away Mookie Betts. Um, and it's, it is going to go down as one of the all time worst trades in the, in the history of baseball. Hey, it, Mookie's done nothing but go to the Dodgers and just dominate. Yep. One, of worst, one, one another World Series, you know, uh, you know, Silver Slugger, you know, Golden Gloves. Like he's 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 been he's been he's I love Mookie Betts. Oh. <laughs> he's a, he's a hell of a player. But that's the last. It's the worst kind of legacy you can have. Is like you didn't win at your place and you traded away a guy who's an absolute beast. Not only is he a beast, like. This is a guy who's beloved in the community too. Like the, Mookie Betts is one of those guys. It's look, it's one thing if you feel like I got to move on because this guy's a disaster. You know, like did you see the Rockets are trying to trade Kevin Porter Jr. now? Good luck, good luck with that. Good luck, good luck. Please, please. But uh, again, Mookie's the polar opposite. He's a great dude. That, you know, and you traded him away. So anyway, yeah, there, there's no shot. Let me be really clear: no shot. Anybody's taking Kevin Porter Jr. off your hands with the way this thing allegedly went down, but we'll, we'll see. The thing's finito. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, high end bloom gets fired after four years at the Red Sox. All right, let's, uh, let's do some, uh, some birthdays, some movies, and then we will give our predictions for this evening tone with the, uh, with the Eagles and the Vikings. All right. Uh, let's start with birthdays. Amy Winehouse, uh, sadly lost her very young. Uh, through addiction, uh, but great voice nonetheless. Uh, yeah, my, my, my wife loves Amy Winehouse. Oh my god, in, insane talent, insane ta- shame, a shame. But she would have been thirty today. Um, Ron DeSantis, uh, the the governor of Florida. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's thirty four today. Tone uh, doing really? his thing Jimmy at the, at the U.S. Open. Jimmy Butler's thirty four. 
Would you say older or younger? I thought I thought he'd be. He's been around that long. I, I thought he was younger for some reason. I think it feels about right with him. Thirty-four. He did. I, yeah, he feels. I mean, he, the Chicago days. Yeah, I think it's about right. Probably Chicago about 12, 13 days, years in the yeah. league. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, you know what? You know what it is too. He 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 was a late bloomer too. He had a late start. He he, did, he didn't come out like at like eight, an eighteen nineteen. No, like he, played he played at Marquette. He played at JUCO, I Juco. think, and then Marquette. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he came out when he was what like twenty two or something. Right. So uh, Nas is fifty today. Uh, shout out to Nas. I can't believe he's fifty, man. Uh, but he don't yeah, look he, it at all. One of the one of the, one of the great one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what anyone says. And he's, 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 st- he's still cooking these young guys. Still. He's still, man. He is prolific still. still. A lot of these guys are just chilling now. He's not. Listen, King, he, 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 he's come out with some some amazing albums as of late. You know, um, his uh, his uh, King's Disease series, you know, King's, King Disease 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. Um, his, uh, his, 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 his magic albums with him and uh, Hit Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, like is they, they they they've been doing amazing work these past these past few years. But Nas is Nas is in rare form right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam Neal, uh, good actor, seventy six years old. I love uh, Sam Neal. Have you, ever, Park, have you uh, seen him in uh, Event Horizon with Lawrence Fishburne? It's a classic. No. It came out in the nineties. Event Horizon. You never okay, seen? I got to check that out. No, he's oh good. My God, I like him in everything he's in, man. I think he's underrated. We don't we don't really talk about him much. So yeah, he is uh, underrated. Kimberly Williams, the actress, is 52 years old. She's married to Brad Paisley, the country singer. Melissa Leo, the actress, is 63. Oh, Deshaun Watson is 28 years old today. Tony Fanu, the golfer, is 34 today. Larry Brown. Larry Brown's 83, and he is still wow. coaching. This dude, it's you talk about in your blood. It is in Larry's blood. Yeah, he's 83 today. Uh, Faith Ford, the actress is 59. Michael Crabtree, former receiver, is 36 years old today. Uh, Javon Carter, NBA player, is 28 today. Uh, Robert Wisdom is 70 today. Chance Warmack, I think he was an Eagle for about five minutes, is 32 years old today. All right. Um, you got any other movies? If not, I'll move or birthdays. I'll move on to movies if you do not. Oh man, you pretty much hit all the ones I was going to hit. Honestly, all right. so all right, let's go movies. <laughs> let's go movies. Uh, White Boy Rick, which uh, was eh, I thought with uh, Matthew McConaughey based on a true story, uh, a simple favor uh, from 2018, and White Boy Rick was 2018. Um, Magnificent Seven remake with Denzel, which was that. good. I like that movie. Yeah, I liked it. I yeah. liked it too. I thought the uh, timing was a little weird because the Hateful Eight came out right before that, so yeah. it was it, it was, was kind of like uh, is that like is that we're on right now? It was kind of weird. Yeah, but I st- I still like both of those movies independent of each other. So yep, yep, with you. Uh, where's the other one? Across the Universe, two thousand seven. The Predator, twenty eighteen. Ten years, twenty twelve. Uh, Resident Evil Retribution from mm-hmm. twenty twelve. The Invention of Lying, 2009. Uh, what was it? King of California, 2007. So that's mm-hmm. that's about it. It wasn't the, uh, the Glass House came out 2001. Yeah. Uh, the Brave One, 2007. Hardball, um, 2001. Yeah, I mean, you know. All right. Yeah. yeah. Not great. All right. All Nothing right. special. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, so let really quickly. Speaking yeah. of Predator, have you seen like the most recent one that came out on Hulu? I have not. 
Oh my God. So it's um really quickly. Um it's supposed to it's supposed to be like the very first predator that ever came down. Oh. And uh it takes it, it takes place, I believe, during like uh colonial um times with like you know Native Americans and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really good, man. Okay. okay. Really good. It's, it's good to it's, know. Yeah, you you know how you hit it's always that one person he faces off with in the end. He faces off with this this Native American uh female warrior. And she, it's it, it's really good. It's one of the best predators I've ever seen. It's really good. It's on Hulu. It's really okay. good. All right, yeah. I, I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, really all right. Lastly, here, um, let's get our predictions. Let, let's dig in here and what we think is going to happen. Give me a key. Give me something that may stand out to you. What would hmm. it be for you, Tone, in this game tonight? Uh, let me see if the line has moved, <clears throat> excuse me, at all here. It is Eagles minus six. Minus six and 49 is the over-under. Wh- where are you at with this one? Um, I got the Eagles winning 31 to 27. Um, that's, that's where I'm at with it. As far as uh, keys to the game, uh, obviously Jalen Hurts has to be better. Um, but I think this is one of those games where I need to see this offensive line dominate at the point of attack. I mean, the run game and the pass game. I don't want Jalen Hurts to be touched at all, unless obviously he runs out and, you know, that, that happens. But, you know, I, 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 I just believe that this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line should be able to dominate um, the Vikings defensive line. Um, the, the Vikings defense is not that talented. Um, I don't see I don't see why this offense can't put up 30-plus points on them. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, I would love to see – I would love to, I would love to see DeAndre Swift – and uh, AJ Brown take over this game. Okay. Um, obviously, Dallas Goddard has to get his thing going, but I would love to see DeAndre Swift dominate um, in the running game and in the past game. I need to see what that looks like. Uh, go, all right. So, what do you, what's your final? Give me a final for you. Uh, thir- 30, 30, 31, 27. Okay, 31, 27. 31, 27. I'm, I'm, I'm locking that in. 31, okay. 27. Okay. Um, all right. A couple things that I want to see. I want to see the defensive line dominate. I want to see the defensive line get to Cousins. I want I want sacks. I want strip sacks. I want forced into bad throws that he's not comfortable with. Uh, if they don't, if they're not able to get home, uh, he they're going to have a problem with Justin Jefferson tonight if they do not get to Cousins early and often. Uh, I am concerned with that. I am concerned with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, with the Eagles linebacking setup and the safety setup, I think Hawkinson is going to get his. I, I think you can live with Hawkinson and Jefferson playing well. They just can't play nuts. They can't just go crazy. All right. I think it will be a good game for the Eagles offense. I think Jalen is going to look like Jalen of last year. Uh, I'm with you. Let's get Swift established here, whether it's in the run game, quick outs, boom, uh, wheel routes, whatever. I don't care. I want this guy in space. I want him hitting home runs. I want him making big plays. Uh, get Goddard going early. You could see a first throw to Goddard tone just to set the tone, no pun intended, uh, with him making a catch <laughs> early in this thing. See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, but no, I think Goddard will be a piece of this thing. I definitely do. I, I expect AJ and Devontae to eat like they always do. I think this is a back-and-forth kind of game. Ultimately, the Eagles win. I think they will get in the 30s as well. Uh, I'm looking at a 34... 28 Eagles win 34 28 Eagles win this one. It'll be a fun game. I think we'll be feeling much better about the Eagles offense. I think it'll be understandable that the defense operating with some dudes down are not exactly great 
but it'll be good enough, and they get 11 days to rest. So that's the way so, we're uh, – So so basically me and you got them got them winning by a touchdown. Yeah, ish. I have them at six. Touchdown-ish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I said four. You guys, you said yeah. – okay, yeah, it's about right. But yeah, I think it's cool. – I, I think it, the Vikings could cover this game tone, but the Eagles will win the game. Let me put it to you that way. Got it. All got right. It. All right, we're back tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Gunner will be back as well, so we'll all be hanging out tomorrow recapping every last second of this thing. Appreciate all you guys in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Don't go anywhere. You got the national football show with Dan Cilio coming your way. Uh, Tone, excellent job, man. Uh, I know it'll be, you know, part of all the festivities behind the scenes tonight for the pre and post game show on Jacob as well before and after the Eagles game. So everybody have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.